following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are Order. now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, I told you guys, you didn't believe it, I told you, Bad Bunny, the biggest fucking artist. Anyway, I'm Leo, that's Mario. Hi, Mario. You know when you say <laughs> shit like that, you what? make what? things sound very uncool. I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain, takes you on the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Radar. And this is the Lucha Outsiders, episode one. Stop. You know, you're not helping Bad Bunny haters when you're talking about Bad Bunny. I don't care. Because you're old as dirt. And? And? Is that exactly. And? You're not you're not helping Bad Bunny's case at all. Esto ya me big. See, when by the way, welcome to welcome to Lucha Outside Show. Welcome Leo back. Uh obviously you could tell Leo's back because he makes down. He makes everything sound very uncool. Toya me compared to, compared to last week when me and Oridian, shout out to Oridian, that she filled in to co-host with me because you was out of commission. Toya um, me big. What? Sorry, what? When we had a conversation about Bad Bunny, it just sounded perfectly normal. But, when but, Leo brings up Bad Bunny, he sounds like he's trying too hard like he's doing right now. No, not at all, dude. Trust me. We've been telling people about Bad Bunny since we started doing this. I know, Leo, but sometimes you put a little bit too much passed on to it, and you make things sound uncool. No problem. I'm going to be listening to Bad Bunny while we do the show. Go. All right. Uh, give me a minute. Hashtag, it's Red Bull time. Hashtag. Leo, how are you? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Dealing with fucking snow, man. Jesus. Can I move to Florida? So check this out. We were check this out, fam. <laughs> I was supposed to go to Leo's house in house studio today, but once again, the snow, Mother Nature, if you will, gave us a big Mother Flower. Huh? Oh, that one. No, sorry. Congratulations. You played yourself. Because I'm not in studio because there's snow. Check this out. The snow is too much. It's not like we got like 20 something inches. What was it, Monday? Yep. Yeah, on Monday, we got about. 35 inches in some places. I don't know. You know what's crazy? Demon. <laughs> How we got like, we're like in 20 sun degree weather. We got like 20 sun inches of s- snow, right? Mm-hmm. And then our homie, Mr. Dream, right, is over there in Florida comparing about 48 degree weather. 
Come on, man. Come on, Mr. Mr. I was going to call him Mr. Beast. Come on, Mr. Come Dream. On, Dream. Come on, Anthony. You're better than that, bro. What up to the people that are here with the chat with us? What up to Jessica Hoffman? She says she's dealing with the snow, too. She said today we're getting six to eight inches OVE. OVE. So, uh, guys, share the video. Let the people know that we are here. What up uh, to Daniel Cummins, who's also watching us. By the way, I love the, the quote of the day or the joke of the day that she puts up. It's fucking awesome. So, Mario, are we ready? We are ready. Are we ready? That music. All right. Our boy is coming back. He's a contributor of the Royal Ramble. Yeah. He is a creator of Wrestle Radar. Our boy, yeah. Ryan Radar. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> what up? What, we're getting better at that <laughs> intro, bro. Gimmick. Uh, you just put Sam's gimmick. Uh, I just got it. <laughs> Unintentionally <laughs> touched Sam's gimmick. <laughs> just don't, well, say, let, don't say let me speak okay. on this. Listen, Sam's I may have... Sam's I may have seen the show it. once or twice before, you know. <laughs> well, listen, dude, it's okay. You could take Sam's gimmick because we don't even know when Sam is ever going to come back. It's so, all right. Know. I love Sam. I think Sam likes me, so it's okay. I think he'll be all right with me stealing his gimmick for at least one show, you know. <laughs> Ryan, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? So it's great to be back. Like we were just saying off air, man, every single time I come on here, I just feel like there is – an overwhelming amount of stuff to talk about, but mm-hmm. in the best way possible. There is a plethora, plethora, plethora. To talk about. Wow, I like it. Um, before, before we get started, um, you know, w- without going too much detail, unless you feel comfortable with it, um, be- from oh, Leo sorry, sorry. and myself, we want to give you condolences. To I know you had a recent passing in your family. Um, if you're comfortable to share something, that's fine. If not, we could just move on to the next thing. But we just wanted to send your con- uh, condolences to you and your family, bro. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I had a tough loss of uh, my grandma earlier this week. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, she's been sick for a little while now. And uh, we kind of thought knew this was inevitable, unfortunately. But uh, she's 90 years old, so I really can't complain. She had a great life. Uh, such a special person to me and, and the rest of my family. Um, I will share something funny that she always said about wrestling. You know, like, she knew I, I, I loved wrestling so much, obviously. You know, my, my whole family knows that. She knows I... I traveled to a bunch of the events and stuff like that. And every time I had a, a shirt on or uh, showed her like a poster or a program or something that I would bring home, she'd always talk about how, uh, you know, all these wrestlers looked like freaks and she just didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't want to watch, you know, like a Finn Balor and Undertaker, for example. Oh, they're such freaks. And, you know, it always popped me. So, uh, you know, I'll definitely miss that. So I just wanted to, to share that. But, yeah, I, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, tough loss, but. Gotta get that, that's actually a really uh, great little uh, story they shared with us. Mm. But like I said, uh, you know, we love you, bro, and condolences to you and your family, bro. Thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. All right, let's talk about. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Hey, if you guys no. been watching, t- where do we start? This past week, there's a ton of shit to talk about. What? But what before happened? we get into like all the major shit, a couple of uh, just little small notes here and there that, that happened this week. Uh, Stephen Cutler got released, and also Lars Sullivan got released. Uh, Stephen Cutler. Forgotten Sons. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of had a forgotten WWE career. <laughs> and Lars Sullivan is someone that we all want to forget because I was never into the guy. Um, I really don't got much to say here. I know Stephen Cutler is getting some heat because uh, apparently he threw a New Year's Eve party. Um, and that's and it's a rumor that that kind of led to the release because he was putting guys like Roman Reigns and some of the other top talent in danger because he kind of... Uh, made himself vulnerable, I guess, you know, with this whole COVID time that we're in. And then with Lars Sullivan, um, 
I, I really have nothing nice to say about the guy. I was yeah. never into him. He's no different from like Snitsky, Matt Morgan, Mike Knox, uh, Luther Reigns, Heigenreit. The list goes on and on. He just was not special. I'm not into the guy. He's just one of these beast type figures that Vince re- tries to recreate, you know, because a guy like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Another failure. I have really nothing to say about either guy. But uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Do you have any thoughts on these two? Um, besides the fact that these are two huge losses for the company, man, I, I don't, I don't know how they're gonna recover from this. Um, you know, it's gonna be tough to replace those two. They got big shoes to fill. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you on the Lars Sullivan thing, dude. I, I've hated this guy for a while now. Um, the only time he really impressed me, and, and the only time I actually enjoyed him, was in that New Orleans uh, ladder, ladder match, match takeover. takeover. Yeah, yeah. That's probably like his shining moment outside of his um, adult film career. You know that he probably should go back to, um, but besides that, uh, Steve Cutler, yeah, very forgotten about, and he gets to go home and bang Deanna Perrazzo, so I don't really feel Good bad for him. Him. Good for yes, him. Good for him. Yes, I do not feel bad for him. So you know what? <laughs> are, are He'll you recover. Sure? He'll probably go to Impact with her or something like that. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's an okay wrestler. I'm not really sure. I didn't really pay attention to too much of his career. I know recently he was doing something with Baron Corbin, but who the hell knows? Who the hell cares? Right. Right. Leo, any, any any random thoughts here? The funniest thing about Lars Sullivan getting uh, let go were the memes of people like, "Oh, such a big loss." Let's go. Let's look back at his accomplishment, and it was just four gray bars on there with nothing on there, no pictures or anything. He yeah. he he sucked. The yeah. dude, yeah, he was, uh, I guess, somewhat impressive in the ring, but besides that, like, he he just did nothing. He was terrible. He well, was, why was like, it? Why? Why was he impressed? Because he was big. Like, I don't, I hate that. Like, I'm not, I'm not even saying like, I'm not like, uh, like saying any, like a shot at you, but I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. people want to like say, oh, he's so impressive. And the way the WWE portrayed him, oh, he's so impressive. Why? Because he's a big guy and he could choke slam people like two but, people at once. But how many I times, wrestling. but how many times have we seen that though? Like, I, I think, right, I think the three of us have been watching wrestling long enough, especially me. I've been watching wrestling long enough to see these guys come and go. Mario just went on a, on a whole little thing of like 10 guys. And even before that, you had the same, the same visuals, the same kind of guy. Lex Luger at the beginning, he was supposed to be this monster guy, the narcissist and everything. And look what ended up happening. You know what I mean? He was just yeah. another guy. Um, with Lars, again, to me, Vince just has something for these types of guys. That's what I'm going to say. Like, every year guess, you're going to get one new guy. That and is. I guess impressive is the wrong word. What I mean by when I said impressive was, like, he didn't suck in the ring. Like, no, he, yeah. he, was, he was okay. I, like you said, he, he looked really good in that ladder match. I think that's the reason why I said the word impressive. Because he, he wasn't terrible in the ring. But he just did nothing for me. He was just trash. Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he, he sucked on the mic. His look was terrible. And then when you find out what he did in his past life, and even currently, it's just like, Okay, this guy is not. I'm not a fan of this no. guy, and he does have some mental health issues. So I do hope mm-hmm. he seeks some help. But yeah. to be honest with you, I never want to see this guy in any type of wrestling ever again. Well, well apparently he said he's done with wrestling. So uh, let's hope that's the case. <laughs> I mean, not that I think any other wrestling company would go for him, but you never know, man. I mean, it's just like I, I don't know. I hope not. And um, yeah, whatever. I don't really. He wish he could well he can go back to that other world. I'm pretty sure they'll be happy to see him. Yeah, of course. Of course. Come on, I think they make a lot of money, so why not? Go for it, man. <laughs> the return of Mitch Bennett. <laughs> you remember it? <laughs> Only because I recently saw it on social media. I wasn't going back to watch the video. Oh, God. All right. <laughs>
Uh, oh, and one last thing on like contracts and stuff like that. Uh, Jay Lee's on Jonathan Grisham, the foundation. Well, the two, uh, I guess, uh, mm. the two co-leaders of the foundation, they resigned on Ring of Honor. Um, I'm not that I'm surprised, and this is no knock on Ring of Honor, but I know Jay Lethal has a really close relationship with the Young Bucks, and not saying that AEW needed uh, Jay Lethal or Jay Lethal needed AEW, but I'm kind of surprised that um, there wasn't no negotiations there that. At least that's in public knowledge, if you know what I mean. Or any, uh, Ryan, any, any rumors. Yeah, you know, hey, while I respect the loyalty, you know, uh, we've seen guys being loyal to, like, TNA, for example, for years. And, you know, I right. respect it. But at the same time, it's like, man, like, not that I think he would go, he would just jump ship automatically to AEW, but at least test the free agency waters, you know? Like, like, do, like try and branch out and do something different. You know, like I said, I respect the loyalty, but, man, he's going nowhere. He's, he's going to go down as, as one of the... All, you know, I guess all-time greats, I guess I could say. I mean, he's fantastic, but, man, I don't know. It's just the world of ir- irrelevancy over there in Ring of Honor. And I just, you know, I mean, Jonathan Gresham, okay. He, he's, you know, I, I know he really likes it there. He's still young, so that's fine. But Jay Lethal, man, he's getting up there in age. I just feel like, you know, it's similar to the Briscoe brothers, man. Test the free agency waters, see what happens. You know, new opportunities, new opponents, new company, fresh landscape, you know, could do wonders for a guy. So, I don't know. I respect it, but a little disappointed to not see him go elsewhere. Do you think that they've gotten to a point in their careers where if you stay loyal to a company, somebody like like Jay Lethal or, or you know, the Young Bucks, which, um, you know, they, they were around and now they've found a new place. But this is what, what you're saying now. It opens up these new matches. It opens up these new things. There's a lot of people talking about um, bringing these guys over to WWE. Do you think, Mario, that that's where they have to be or just – Look at AEW, look at Impact, look at MLW. I mean, for for me, with a guy like Jay and taking did say, away... Did I say Jay Lethal or Jay White? I'm trying to remember. Did, no, you said Jay Lethal. Okay, um, <laughs> Taking my, I guess, like, my personal feelings out of it. Cause, yeah. You know, with, with the, you know, the, the friendship I have with Jay. I, I, I just think, I kind of wish Jay would have... Uh, at least tease around with the with the free agency. Okay. In the sense, like, okay, I'll still work with Ring of Honor, but hey, let's see if I could do some business in AEW. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could even do some business in, in Impact or MLW or just kind of like test the waters a little bit just to yeah. get a feel of these promotions. In Ring of Honor, uh, credit to them, uh, a lot of their talent that isn't that wasn't signed or isn't signed. They'll they'll allow their talent to kind of test the waters or whatever and still do business with them. Well, we've seen that with, with some of the talent that, that that has, you know, done like a couple uh, matches there and 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 et cetera. So I, I could have mm-hmm. as a fan, I would have liked to seen that. But at the same time, as much as not that we give crap to Ring of Honor, but hey, man, it, that money, that Sinclair money, that that's uh, that's something that people don't talk about a lot. Uh, that Sinclair money is uh, pretty pretty good. So I think um, Jay Lethal at his age, thirty five. I mean, he's not old, but kind of like what Ryan said. He, I mean, he's getting there, right? Um, I think Jay Lethal is like a guy like AJ Styles, where he's gonna be forty something and still be wrestling in his prime, right? But uh, I think Jay Lethal, taking my personal feelings aside, I feel like. He's looking more at stability on where he's going to get. He knows what he's getting pretty much, right? And I think with Ring of Honor, he gets that. I mean, he's content there. He's comfortable there. Uh, Obviously, he loves the company a lot. 
maybe he loves the schedule a lot, you know? I mean, like I said, as fans, we, we tend to nitpick this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but this is like personal stuff that these guys have to do for themselves, their families, and what's best. So if he thinks that's best for him, who are we to say that it's not? Right. Uh, but, you know, as fans, like you said, you know, yeah, we just we would like to see him go elsewhere and, and do different things. Um, but you know what? Hey, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I would assume he signed for, what, two years probably? Multi-year deal or something like I that? Believe, I believe it's a three-year deal, but I could be wrong. Yeah, on three that. years. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, like I said, that's a long time. And like I said, he's getting up there in age. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, like I said, I don't watch Ring of Honor. Um, I don't know that many people do, but... Like I said, I, they, I wish they, the best they, for them. Still, you know, they've they really, and we touched on this in the past, they really got dealt a shit hand the second the pandemic because yeah. they, they, they started like they started getting some traction. People started getting eyes back on the Ring of Honor product. And, and then, then <laughs> the pandemic hit. And then it's like, okay, fuck. And then the Marty Scroll shit happened. And then it was like yeah. a, a major <laughs> fuck. So it's like they, they really got dealt a really fucked up hand. So, um. I'm, I don't watch the current Ring of, uh, Ring of Honor product either, but I did watch Final Battle, and that ending uh, to that pay-per-view did get me intrigued of the LIJ and Ring of Honor versus the Foundation. They, they definitely planted seeds on a potential feud there, so um, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that, so we just got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. Hopefully, um, in this year, in 2021, we get this covid situation under control where they could be running shows maybe in a not a full capacity but you know just a percentage wise and who knows we'll see what happens we'll now, see what happens with now do, do you think that ring of honor with because they're directly impacted uh no, no pun intended direct directly impacted by aw forming because you figure that the guy the top guys that were at the company at the time they all left together like literally, you lost every well, not every single top guy, but I would say at least sixty to seventy-five percent of your top talent, your top draw, matter overnight. So, do you think Mario that they were they were impacted by that? And do you think maybe in the future they do have something like that? Because we're speculating, because none none of this has been uh, um, nobody's talked about it publicly. We just found out that the contract was signed. Do you think maybe with how we're seeing everybody move back and forth that maybe there is something in there? Because Ring of Honor really needs like a lifeline, don't you think? Um, I don't know. Like it, it's it's no secret. The second the Elite and SCU left the Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the attention Ring of Honor was like whatever. I mean, New Japan, New Japan bounced back incredibly, but yeah. I can't say the same thing about Ring of Honor. Um, it's funny that, and I guess we'll touch on this later, and we'll just at least wrap up this Ring of Honor segment. Uh, from it but rush i think i don't know if he tweeted out something or he uh said it in public maybe in a in a live i don't know but i read something last night saying that because he's a current ring of honor world champion and he kind of made the challenge to to kenny omega which Mm -hmm. he's the uh, the triple campion champion in triple a and roosh still wrestles for triple a so i wouldn't be surprised somewhere down the line if we're still seeing uh, Kenny Omega told this uh, belt collector story, right? Where we could potentially see a title versus title on AAA, the Ring of Honor title and uh, the AAA title. Now, whether Kenny Omega grabs that title or not is, <laughs> is you know, it's just speculation here. But, I mean, it could happen. I mean, I wouldn't put a pass on it, especially what we've seen this week on AEW on then working with multiple promotions. But let's just uh, put a pause on that because we'll go back on that later. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble. And I don't know why they're saying happy birthday, Radar, because it's not my birthday. 
Happy birthday. <laughs> Who? Your birthday? No. Why? It's not my birthday. I know. <laughs> Kafer. Mr. Kayfabe, it's not my birthday. Unless this is my Kayfabe birthday. I don't know. Well, well you know what? The February 7th is going to be now your Kayfabe birthday. There you go. We're Bro, writing it down. Oh, God. This is terrible. Since, since, right. since you love birthdays, February 7th. No, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Seven. about the Royal Rumble. I thought Boom, this year's Royal Rumble, under the circumstances that we are in right now, I think this might have been one of the best shows in the Thunderdome era. I thought top to bottom, I thought the show was excellent. Um, we got Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler defeating Oscar and Charlotte Flair for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I, I don't understand why they even put the titles on Oscar and Charlotte. I don't really want to touch too much on it, but do you have any thoughts real quick, Ryan, on this? No, I I, I was just as confused as you are. I thought it maybe it was going to lead to another Charlotte Flair heel turn, and we're going to get that match at WrestleMania. I have no idea what the hell they're doing right now, and uh, nor do I really care, to be honest. Um, or sweet and to the point, right? About, you just said sweet to the point. That's awesome. <laughs> that's what Drew McIntyre and Goldberg was. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sweet to the fucking point, and you know what? For two minutes and 32 seconds, I thought this was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Both guys delivered. I mean, Goldberg, um, he held his own. Uh, he looked. He lost a little bit of mass. He went to the, like the the fight shorts gimmick. He's not wearing tights, and Drew made made him look good. And the right guy went over. Drew McIntyre is still the WWE World Heavyweight Championship uh, champion. Uh, Ryan, tell me about this match real quick. Oof, uh, a big sigh of relief when it was over. Let me tell you, because you just never know when <laughs> Goldberg is there. You just never know if he's gonna win, man. Like. I did not think he was going to win, but like I said, you just never know. Um, yeah, like I said, short, sweet, to the point for what it was, it was pretty good. Um, you know, I don't enjoy Goldberg at all. Um, I'm not a fan of his. I don't think, you know, like we were just talking about with Lars Sullivan, I don't think he's impressive. I mean, yeah, he's a big guy. He's jacked out of his mind. I just don't find that impressive. You know, three moves, that's it. I mean, you just know what you're getting with him. You know, he doesn't go over three minutes. Right. Um, yeah, I was happy that Drew won, and, you know, I thought he was going to, you know, Goldberg was going to enter the Royal Rumble later on and win. Obviously, we'll get to that uh, in a minute, but... Thank God he did it. Oh, thank <laughs> God. But, like, you know, I sit here and think, like, what was the point of having Goldberg come back? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they, they didn't have anybody else for Drew, but they could have easily, like, uh, bumped the Sheamus program up a little bit. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the only The only reasonable thought that i have in mind is just to say that drew beat the almighty goldberg because yeah since goldberg's return i mean he's had a pretty good record <laughs> so mm. so um you know he he's defeated listen in title magic defeated kevin owens and bray wyatt so i mean Don't in theory me. i guess you could say <laughs> in theory kayfabe in theory he is a threat to drew and yeah as much as we give goldberg shit i think it was a pretty cool visual uh seeing goldberg saying like yeah, you know, you're in my respect and him raising, yeah. acknowledging Drew. I thought that was a, a a nice little ending. Now, hopefully you won't see Goldberg for a very, very long time. Yeah. Maybe you yeah, won't right. see him at all. That's what yeah, I want. Right. It's <laughs> WrestleMania season. We will see him probably at least a few more times. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, I, I know, man. I'm just trying to not, you know. Uh, okay. All right. Let's talk about uh, the next match. It was for the women's uh, championship over at SmackDown. Sasha Banks, Sasha, Sasha Banks, and Carmella. I thought this match was really good. Um, Carmella and Sasha got some really good chemistry. There was a little, uh, a little scary spot in the match where Carmella hit a suicide dive, oh, and yeah. she almost, she almost was like this close to landing on her neck. Mm -hmm. But 
Shout out to Sasha because she's such a veteran. If you know, if you go back and watch that part of the match, when they're both laying on the ground, you can see Sasha grabbing her, like grabbing her like back and like touching her, make sure she's all right. And then Carmella just got up like a champ and just started selling and got all pumped up. And besides that little spot right there, man, I thought these two have some really good chemistry. Yeah, I mean, going back to the last time they faced too at the TLC pay-per-view, you know, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, I'll give credit to Carmella as well, but man, it just goes to show how good Sasha Banks is. I mean, I'm telling you, she can just get a great match out of anybody. Um, And, you know, Carmella has improved a lot, you know, since she was, you know, the last time she was women's champion and everything, and I wasn't too high on her, but she has really, really improved. So I give her a lot of credit. And like you said, they have a lot of great chemistry together and working with Sasha Banks, just does wonders for for people like Carmella. So, um, yeah, kudos to them for killing it. Uh, when this match was announced as a rematch, you know, I didn't mind because the last match was so good that I was yeah. like, you know what, I, I Sasha's not going to lose the title, but I'm down to see a great match, and it was very very enjoyable. So yeah, I give a ton of credit to both Carmella and Sasha. And like I said, it just goes to show how damn good Sasha Banks is. I'm so glad she's getting that opportunity now to showcase, um, you know, how good she really is and get a proper. Uh, title reign, you know, because she hasn't had that yet. And, oh, man, I'm just, like I said, I, I'm very, really happy she's getting this run. I'm, I'm pumped to see where it goes and, and where I think it's potentially headed. So exciting times in the women's division on SmackDown, not necessarily on Raw, but on SmackDown for sure. Well, with, yeah, I agree. with this match, what, basically what you had, and, and it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, I'm tired of seeing the same matches over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um this is okay because we haven't seen this in a while. This is okay because you know the, they're working well together. Again, if the if the two competitors are able to work and they have chemistry, I mean, we were used to watching you know the the same match ten, twelve, thirteen times in a, in a two month period. But I think with Sasha, she she gets a lot of shit from people, but you also got to give her respect for what she's able to do. Again, you're able to see now in the ring that she's able to carry somebody in the sense that, hey, you know what? Something doesn't go our way. I'll still check on you. I'll still make sure to put you over. Again, that's that's what ultimately a performer is. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to be Goldberg and win all the time to make you a good performer. Just saying. Dale, Mario. I, um, I another good match. This morning. They had a little... Uh... I hate using the word botch, but that's pretty much what it was. But it took nothing away from the match. It was a 24-minute, 54-second match. That was the last man standing match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. I thought this match was incredible. I said it in previous episodes. These two, I'm convinced these two just can't have a bad match with each other. Even the SmackDown cage match Mm -hmm. they had a couple weeks ago was great, too. Man, uh, Kevin Owens, since he got into this Roman Reigns program, he's just been rejuvenated. Like, I could take this guy... Uh, seriously, if if he was to become a world champion again, that that's the wonders of being in a program where Roman Reigns does to you. I thought this match was incredible. Yes, they did have a, a botch spot at the end with the handcuffs or whatever, um, but this took nothing away from the match. Like I, I still thought this match was great. Um, well, what did you think of the match? Excellent. I mean, I could watch these guys go, you know, forever. Really. I mean, like we were just talking about with Sasha and and Carmella. These two have amazing chemistry as well. And I think, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, when these guys aren't wrestling anymore, specifically when Roman Reigns is done, uh, we're going to look back as, you know, Kevin Owens being one of his greatest rivals. I mean, yeah. really, they, they, you know, they've had uh, great matches going back from years ago, too. I think they faced each other at the Royal Rumble 2017, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And that match was um, good, too. They're very good. Yeah. I and mean, like I said, they work so well together. And, man, this is 
I mean, this is why Kevin Owens is my favorite WWE wrestler, man. Like, he's just, he is so damn good. You know, he's not, he's not your typical, you know, Randy Orton where he's shredded with six-pack abs and muscles and, you know, you know, look at him and go, wow, what a stud. But man, the things he could do for, for a guy his size, you know, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. They were very creative in, in the Thunderdome there. The, the things that they did. I know a lot of people are poking fun at the golf cart spot because they're, they're talking about how they copied AEW. Listen, I don't have a problem with it. They did it really, oh. really well. Honestly, and uh, you know, you, you know how big of an AEW fan I am. I'm, I'm a huge mark for that company. But man, you can make an argument that Roman and KO did this spot better than Sammy Guevara did it, man. Because that was absolutely brutal. The way Kevin Owens just went right through the windshield. I mean, I, I literally was like, holy shit. And I think I stood up. I was like, oh my God. So the, like, I, I was I was thankful he was okay after that. The biggest difference that, that I got from that, from the AEW spot to this one, is that in the, the AEW one, they teased it. This came out yeah. of nowhere. This like, came out of nowhere, right, right. Yeah. So now, again, the people that reacted to, oh, my God, they copied AEW because they reacted I, after I the fact. I that fucking mentality. Like, but, but that's oh, what I'm saying. Take, it's just so fucking leasing. stupid. It, it, so it let me get this straight. If anybody uses a chair a certain way, I, what, they're copying <laughs> each other or like a table spot or whatever. I it's know. so fucking idiotic. Even Kenny Omega went on Twitter and said, guys, I know. They did it well, so it's okay. Like, people were even tweeting him about it. And, you know, and then... Of course, I knew Sammy Guevara was going to tweet out the clip. And then, you know, Matt Hardy's getting involved. It's just a bad look, guys. Like, just stop. Let me, yes, let me, I, you know, they did it almost a year ago. If you're going to shit on something and you're going to try to compare it to another promotion, then maybe you should stop watching that. When I right. when I have a critique about something, I don't compare it to another promotion oh, or, or do it. nothing like that. And like what you said, to me, the Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens taking the, 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 the hit from the golf cart looked more impressive when the Sammy did it. And that's not yeah. taking nothing away from Sammy. No, no. No. When it so but the Kevin Owens one, I guess, looked more realistic. So yeah. the, the one with Sammy and AEW, again, it looked a little bit campy because of the way that it was shot, right? Again, it, it was... That match was more cinematic, so you were able to get like the zoom in into uh, Hardy's face. You were able to have, you know, say, again, this one was just a regular match. They were out in the in in the common area, if you will, and again, it came out of nowhere. So that's why I'm saying the people that reacted to this and said, "Oh my god, it was just like AEW," is because your ass was watching this and you reacted in in a good way, but then you still want to put yourself over. That's what I'm trying to say with, with all this. Again, people are just trying to put themselves over. By the way, I have a question for you. Since you guys were saying that the Kevin Owens, uh, Ryan, uh, that Kevin Owens could do things like that. Do you see him as this day and age's uh, Mick Foley? Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I mean that's a good comparison, I think. You know, the, the things he does, the risks he takes. I mean, he's not he's not afraid to do anything, it seems like. No, I, mean, I mean, you know, when he jumped off the forklift, right, mm -hmm. I just expected a frog splash. And the way he, he did, did a swanton, a swanton I, and it was picture perfect, man. It like was. it was literally almost looked better than, you know, the ones Jeff Hardy does nowadays. And again, yes, it's not a shot it does, Jeff no, Hardy, no, no. but that's just showing how, how good that was, man. It's not even a nip. He does. Yeah. He, Kevin Owens Visually. does better swantons than mm -hmm. Jeff at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, it's 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 I'm not going to say no, that's that's not a good comparison because, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's so fun to watch. He's not afraid to do anything. Even going yeah. back to last year's WrestleMania, when he jumped off the huge uh, WrestleMania sign, 
And, you know, he's, he's talking about how he wants to jump off that pirate ship at the, um, at the Tampa Bay stadium. Who knows what, what, what's going to happen at WrestleMania this year, but man, the guy, uh, like I said, for a guy, his size to be able to do these things and be as fearless as a guy like Darby Allen, you just don't picture it yeah. when you look at right. Kevin Owens, but man, it's just like, I would love to, if I didn't follow Kevin Owens in his ring of honor days, and I just started watching WWE and I was as casual as casual can be. Um, and I started watching this guy for the first time ever. And I'm thinking he's just going to be a fat slob who just can barely walk around the ring. And I see him doing swantons and flips and all these different things. I'd love to like see somebody's like genuine reaction at that because mm-hmm. it's got to be shocking to see somebody like that for the first time ever do the things that he could do. Like I said, I can't say anything more about how great Kevin Owens is. And this yeah. is why he's been my favorite for years. And he's just, oh man, I, just, do, I love the guy. Do you guys remember that, that one raw where he like came up and did some, uh, the fuck's that called that that shit that they run around and they jump over stuff um yeah yeah when, like when he did like the um the matrix thing like yeah he like ran across the uh he came up screen. came over and then jumped down again you look at him and you're like this guy can't even tie his shoelaces but again the <laughs> stuff that he does it, it, and and to mario's point where you know we can't compare right but in this case, you have to because of the physique. It's like when the giant first uh, came out, when uh, the big show, right? The dude was doing moonsaults. For a guy that size, he shouldn't be doing them. But it looked a lot better than most of the guys that were doing it, let's say, in the main roster. So, again, you have to give credit where credit is due. That's why I asked you if if, if he's compared to Mick Foley. Because Mick Foley at the time, people were like, he shouldn't be doing half of the stuff that he's doing. One one last thing on the whole Kevin Owens and Mick Foley comparison, and then we'll move on to the Rumble matches. Dale. It's funny that you mentioned the, you know, do you think that Kevin Owens is kind of like the Mick Foley of today? Mm-hmm. If you could tell that Mick Foley plays a big influence in Kevin Owens, because if you watch when he does these kind of matches, like these, um, where he's jumping off of this or he has to take like a, a top of the cage bump or whatever, he always does, gives a wink and a nod to Foley because even during this last man standing match. Um, right in the very beginning of the match, when I think uh, he took the bump onto the tables from like that little platform from the Thunderdome, mm-hmm. you remember that where he took mm-hmm. the, the yeah yeah he took the bump, he did the arm, like you know when Mick Foley <laughs> when Mick Foley used to take them bumps, he does the arm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah to get, yeah to get it loose. He gets, yeah, he gotta give that rotation to that arm. <laughs> like he does he does that to you know kind of the you know to pay tribute to Foley. So you could tell Foley plays a big uh, influence in Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because I didn't think about that in, until Leo just brought that up, and and now you're saying it. It makes sense. Yeah, that, that's a question I'd love to ask him actually. You know, because I I never really you know I've I've heard a lot of interviews and seen documentaries on Kevin Owens, but I never really <laughs> heard him talk about Mick Foley. So that's that's a really interesting um, thing to ask him one day. All right, guys, let's talk about these Rumble matches. We'll start with the women. I thought overall this women's Royal Rumble was really, really, really good. Um, from the surprises, I, there was like maybe a very few things that I would have changed, and, I, and I'll touch on them right now. Um, Bianca Bella went over. Uh, the final two were what I predicted, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair. Rhea was my pick, but Bianca Belair was my dark horse. Um, it just goes to show you those final two, especially that one shot where they're both sitting at um, the apron, and they're just mm-hmm. both looking at each other. The future is now, and that's the future of the women's division when it comes to the WWE. But before we kind of break it down a little bit, Leo, get that congratulations button ready. Yeah. For any of y'all that thought 
Tessa Blanchard was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Hit him with the button, Leo. Congratulations. You played yourself. You guys are some fucking morons. Whoa. Tessa was not going to be in the fucking Rumble. Why not? Because it wasn't going to happen, Leo. It wasn't. With, as, as, as much as Tessa's great in the ring, she has a little bit too much in her closet for her to magically appear in a Royal Rumble. She was going to go through NXT regardless whenever that day comes, if it does happen. She wasn't going to be in the Rumble. But um, give me some quick thoughts, uh, Ryan, about the Women's Royal Rumble. I loved it. I really did. I thought it was one of the most well-produced women's rumbles that we've seen so far. Now, I always rave about the first ever one that they did in Philadelphia in 2018. Um, I, I was there and I thought it was a ton of fun. Like I was having a blast. And of course, that was the first time we saw, you know, people coming back like Tori Wilson, Molly Holly, Michelle McCool, things like that. So that was, you know, just awesome to see. And Lita was in that, Trish. Um, but aside from that one, because that's a special one, you know, it's the first one ever and stuff like that. This one has got to be uh, my second favorite one because it was just so well done. Um, the surprises were great, man. I'm so happy to see Victoria in there. Oh, me too. Um, it was so, so long cool. Overdue. Long oh, man. Overdue. Even Jillian Hall, I popped for, man, because as too. a kid, as a kid, man, I would just, I would mute the TV. I would have to uh, change the channel, lower the volume. You know, I did, my mom would always like, you know, Ryan, lower that. Whatever time she came on and she was, <laughs> she was singing. And I just, you know, watching her come out now, it's, it was just so funny, man. Um, you know, of course, you had the same ones like Tori Wilson, where I'm never going to complain about seeing Tori Wilson in there. But again, she, she looks amazing. Oh, man. But it's just like every year we're going to get like Tori Wilson's and things like that, just because they don't have enough women to to really, um, you know, fill an, an entire 30 women Royal Rumble. So they got to bring back some of these people like that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really well done. Some really cool spots uh, in that match. And the final two, uh, the final three, let's let's say. Yeah. Because... Uh, Bianca, Rhea, and Charlotte, man, if you, I'm sure you've seen it online, and I'm sure you remember it too, when they were all standing in the same ring on NXT not too long ago. It's full, it's, it's full circle, because last yeah. year, before the pandemic even started, there was some there was some steam behind Bianca where people kind of wanted her to be involved yeah. in the Charlotte-Rhea match, where it could have been a triple threat. Obviously, that didn't happen, and then the pandemic hit, and then WrestleMania became empty arena mania fast yeah. forward to a year later now we have the thunderdome whatever and the final three everything comes full circle because it's like we just eliminated i guess our biggest threat and now we're the future futures now we're yeah the last two women and we're gonna see who goes to wrestlemania and that's bianca belair you mentioned uh jillian hall i think one of the low-key mvps of this paper of this match was just not even in, in a physical level, but just in an entertainment level is Billy Kay. I yes, think yes, Billy yes. Kay is so entertaining with whatever she does. And one of my knocks on the Rumble was like, man, I think it was a huge miss on not doing more at Peyton and Billy Kay in this match. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did I did like the Jillian Hall um Billy Kay, you know, pairing though. I thought that was funny. I was like, wow, this is literally perfect. Like when they formed that <laughs> that, you know, that that they were doing uh, you know, they were on the same page for a little bit and stuff like that. But yeah, once once Peyton came in, they did do a like a little like uh quick thing, you know. But it should have been more. It but it should have been, like, been more. Like, 
Like, if it wasn't, like, if we were in fans, you know how big of a pop it would have been if they would have done the iconic pose? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, it, it looked like Peyton wanted to do it, and then Billy didn't do it. And I think they did say iconic, but it was kind of, like, then overshadowed by something else that happened really The quick. Ruby Riot in the Riot yeah. Squad. Yeah, because what happened is I think one of them got um, eliminated as they were doing the iconic. So again, yeah, it, I think it, it was, was Billy probably. So what happened with that, right? And, and again, a Royal Rumble match is a match like nothing else, right? But you know that a Royal Rumble match is put on well when you get into what the match is. When you're not looking at how many are left, when you're not looking at the time, where you're just focusing on what's going on and you have that, that roller coaster ride. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have yeah. to have that ride. You have to have, okay, who... Who's going to get eliminated right in time for then you to be happy for the next person that's coming in? I think this match, and again, to what you guys are saying, to your points, um, was one of the more uh, entertaining ones. Um, you know, we, we do have more of the men's one where we're able to go back and say, hey, you know what? I like this one. I like that one. But I think for the women's one and the way that it finished, right? It was good. It was innovative. It was different. Again, there's only so many things that you can do with what's been done, especially on the men's side. Like, do we really want to see another Kofi spot again? Do we really right. want to, you know? And again, it's just doing, you know, even the whole thing with what, what's her name? The one that fell on her back? Naomi, like, yeah. yeah. Naomi. Okay. We, we haven't seen that before. So kudos to that, you know? Uh, and again, especially her and Bianca Belair, like together helping each other. They were first right. grabbing each other. Yeah. Hair and, her hair. And, and I don't want to say it's a cliche to think, but they were kind of like being like cat fight, like it was type <laughs> of a cat fight type thing. And then they were like, no, let's both help each other out to get back in the ring. Which yeah, I loved it. They did. Um, but, but that's what you need at the end of the day. That, that's what you need in this type of rumble match. Again, you did have the finish. The finish was good, but you also had spots during the Royal Rumble match, which you also get people to talk about. So what? I liked it. Dale. Let me say one thing that I didn't like about it, and, this and I think me. you're gonna say I think you're gonna say yeah. the same thing I'm thinking. Most likely, and I don't know if this is being like a party pooper because I know we're just talking about the entertainment value of this. You know, yeah. obviously WWE. It's all about entertainment. We're talking about how entertained we were by Billy Kay at commentary with, you know, her flyers or whatever she was she had. Um, the Alicia Fox 24-7 oh. championship thing was just embarrassing. Oh. It did not need to be done. And let me tell you, man, the amount of geeks like Drew Gulak, who I love, who is coming out trying to chase that thing and trying to enter the ring while the Women's Royal Rumble is going on, it just looks bad, man. It really, really looks bad. And I just don't know why this was needed. Now, I'm, sure there's, people, I'm sure there's people that laugh and they're entertained and they think it's funny and they're like, oh, it's not that serious. I know. I get it. But, man, like I was enjoying the women's. And I still was. And I still enjoyed it after the fact. Man, you're enjoying the women's rumble. And then you see this garbage. Yeah. And you're just like, what are they doing, man? Like, why are they doing this? Why is this necessary? This could have easily been done backstage. Like, right. Or I at don't the men's, know, man. Like at the men's this, Royal Rumble match, you should have done that then. Yeah, yeah, and not that I would have liked it anymore, but it would have made more sense if it was in the men's Royal mm -hmm. Rumble than coming into the women's one. For Christ's sake, you yeah. know, I'm just like, if they wow. wanted to do that spot, this is how I would have done it. Instead of having the women even involved, like Alicia Fox in it, I would have still had our truth come at, came out because that part was funny, and then just have the people just chase them. Outside the ring until like the backstage, they didn't, they didn't need our truth didn't need to get involved in the match, right? And they, if they wanted to do that spot, you're actually not even talking the spot that well, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that spot either. The the spot I was not a fan of was the Alexa Bliss segment. 
I just hated oh, yes. for that. If you were gonna do that spot just for Rhea Ripley to just eliminate her like nothing, why even have Alexa Bliss in the in the in the match? Especially when they tease the whole transformation thing, because now it's like three faces of Bliss, right? You have the goddess Alexa Bliss, you have the Firefly Funhouse Alexa Bliss, and then you have like this dark Harley Quinn-esque Alexa Bliss, right? So mm-hmm. they tease the the change, which you knew that wasn't going to happen because this was shot live. It wasn't like a right. pre-tape or any, anything, unless they would have done a pre-tape, which I highly doubt they would have done it for a, a Rumble match. Yeah. But now it's like, in theory, because Alexa Bliss is kind of blurring the lines between heel and face. But if you hear Alexa Bliss is like, I guess, cheers from the Thunderdome, they're, all, they're always fan reactions. They're always like cheering. It's never booze. Right. When Rhea eliminated Alexa, you heard booze. You didn't hear no cheers. So it's like, are we going to, like, we teasing a Rhea Ripley, Alexa Bliss feud? I just feel like it would have made more sense for either Alexa Bliss not even being in the match, or if Alexa Bliss, she's so crazy, she would have eliminated herself. I thought, so after that happened, yeah, I was very confused because I expected more. But then I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe we're getting, because what, what, I don't remember exactly what spot Alexa Bliss came out, but it was early in the match, right? Like, it wasn't, like, late 20s. I think it was earlier. Alexa Bliss came out at 27. Oh, okay. So, you know, I don't really know what I was thinking. I thought maybe we were going to get some sort of, like, at number 30. I know they they um, already announced beforehand that no, Natalia was going to be. My mistake. She came out at 19. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, so early. So I thought at maybe number 30 or maybe something close to that, I thought we were going to get Alexa Bliss coming out again, but mm. as the – you know, demon Alexa or something like that. Maybe she takes Natalia's spot or something like that. I expected more. When she got eliminated by Rhea, I thought, okay, this is not the last time we're going to see Alexa in this match. I It turned out to be wrong. But, I mean, you know, if this is leading to an Alexa Bliss-Rhea Ripley match, I mean, does anybody really want to see that? I don't know. I, I just don't think Alexa Bliss and Rhea Ripley are good opponents for each other. Now, I could be completely wrong, and, and hey, it, you know, if that's where it's headed, I don't know that would be a WrestleMania type of match. I don't think so. Um, but I just have there's no story there at this point. I'd rather no. see a match between Alexa and Randy Orton, <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. I mean, gosh, it's that RKO like a freaking champion. Oh my god, Randy killed Alexa. Oh man, dude, that was absolutely brutal. Oh, but yeah, I, I don't know. That was very, very confusing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what the, what the point of that was. Now, do, do you guys think, uh, leading up to next year's Royal Rumble, they have to do the three faces of bliss? Like have her come like, out like, like like how they did with Foley. Exactly. You I ha- would like to see that with Alexa and Bray Wyatt. To be honest with you. Yeah, you oh, you have you have to do it again. So when did Foley do that? Like more than fifteen years ago, right? That was ninety nine, I think. Bam! More than twenty years ago. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you could do one. You haven't done it in a while, so I won't yeah, most be of the fan base nowadays wouldn't even remember that. Yeah, anyways. no, not at all. <laughs> I can't even remember the day that it was. So there you go. You guys are fine. Uh, so, <laughs> but hey. And again, so the Rumble is what starts or what what kicks off everything that's going to happen towards WrestleMania, right? Now, we've gone through a week of TV. They haven't talked about anything with Alexa Bliss and and um and Rhea Ripley. So it was just a throwaway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually you get something, you know, an inkling, some information, nothing. So again, it it was like when Daniel Bryan got thrown out uh, a couple years ago. Like, you had this whole buildup, you threw them out, and then what did you do with it? Nothing. You know, like, at least if you have somebody that has steam that is is connected to people, that people are emotionally invested, have that elimination mean something. 
You could have had Randy Orton be involved. Uh, you know what I mean? Somehow, some way where, okay, it makes sense to the story you're trying to tell outside of the Rumble. But, mm-hmm. again, yeah. from what I've seen, nada. I think it was a throwaway because, I mean, you know, we can make predictions from here on out. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? I, I feel like Rhea Ripley is going to be involved in the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania in some capacity, whether it's a triple threat with Charlotte and Asuka or, you know, whatever charlotte wins the title beforehand we get the uh rematch i think that's where she's heading i don't really see how a program with alexa bliss is going to really benefit her and i don't really see how that makes sense uh um, right so I, I don't i think like you said leo just to throw away and you know like i said sometimes well most of the time wwe is not that creative so i don't really know where they come up with these things but um you know i could tell knows? you <laughs> it's, a, it's an octanarian going, that's good shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead, Mario. <laughs> uh, well, Bianca Belair did win the Royal Rumble. Um, they did show some emotional uh, backstage pictures and videos on, on their social media, on WWE social media. I'm happy for Bianca Belair. What I was not happy was this week on SmackDown, uh, the segment we got between Bianca, Sasha, and Carmel. I thought this segment was just terrible. Um mm-hmm. One of uh, Sasha Banks' weaker segments, especially because she's been having such a great run. I just thought the the back and forth between Sasha and Bianca was just eh. And then Carmella's involvement with um with my man uh, Reginald. It's yeah. just I just I I felt like this segment was just kind of pointless. Um, <laughs> especially because we don't know what Bianca's uh, what challenge she's gonna whether she's gonna challenge for the Raw or SmackDown or maybe they even tease for NXT, which I don't think that's gonna happen, but. I, I don't know. Uh, the delivery of this segment, I was just not a fan of. Um, any any quick thoughts on this segment, uh, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I, I would like to think that she's challenging Sasha. But, you know, right. it, it's just so tough because it's like there's still two more, two more pay-per-views before, until WrestleMania. And I can't stand that, man. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like you're you're not going to make this match official right now, you know, because I, I mean, not. Not that I'd complain about it, but I don't think it makes sense to have another Carmella Sasha match. But if they want to do that at the Elimination Chamber or something like that, um, whatever, it, it just gets it just buys them more time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just so tough. Like I said, it, it's it's like you're not going to make that match official right now. So what are you going to do with Bianca in the meantime? I guess she kind of had to confront Sasha. But yeah, I mean, I was honestly, you know, we'll see if they make that match official. I hope that you know it gets us hyped for it, and I think it will. Right, right, but right. yeah, this. Yeah, like I'm with you. It didn't really do much for me. All right, let's talk about the men's Royal Rumble. So, prior to the Royal Rumble, uh, the previous night on WWE backstage, they did announce that one and two was going to be Randy Orton and Edge. That's what they announced. 24 hours later, they flip flopped the roles, and which in theory doesn't really matter. Like they're technically both one if you want to really right be technical. But Edge ended up coming out first, and then Randy Orton was two. Joe. Edge, I think he's 46, 47 years old. This guy went in there for an hour, bro. Like, mm-hmm. this guy has some great cardio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that this Royal Rumble, I thought was good too. I, um, I think I might have might have liked um the women's just a tad bit more, but this Royal Rumble was really good too. Um, we had some surprise in there. My man Carlito came back after I don't know how many years. Mm-hmm. He looked fucking jacked as shit. Uh, Damian Priest showed up. He looks like a fucking star. He looked like he was meant. For Raw or SmackDown, he, I, I can't wait to see Damian Priest when there's actually an audience there because he just looks he looks like a fucking superstar. Um, the Hurricane, Kane, which is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really cares about Kane. Yeah, um, so overhead. 
yeah, uh, I thought that a Christian, Christian looks great. Yeah. I love the moment between Christian and Edge where they just hug each other. It was just right in the fields. Uh, overall, man, um, I thought this rumble was great too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, another well-produced rumble. Like, uh, like you said, though, I did enjoy the women's one more, but man, this, this one was a lot of fun. It was very cool to see Carlito finally you know i think a lot of people for years have been have been saying oh carlito should be an entry in the royal rumble man it's been like 10 years uh since he's been there it was so cool to see him um christian man like was not expecting that like you said yeah. the hurricane who cares man we, we've seen him do this you know he did this not too long ago too and confronted john cena it's just unnecessary in, in my opinion but i mean whatever if some people pop for that that is what it is um yeah that moment with edge and christian was just oh man just right in the field Oh man, it was it was so good because who would have ever thought that you'd see those guys in the same ring together as active, you know, wrestlers at the same time again. So just so cool to see, and um, yeah, a lot of great back and forths in there. You know, I did love the um, the Seth Rollins and um, Matt Riddle back and forth because you know that they have some heat with each other, and Rollins said he would not work with Matt Riddle, but he couldn't escape him this time. And just to see them go at it, because you know. I, when Rollins said that, I said, you know, to myself, oh, man, that's a shame because I'd like to see them, you know, go at it. I said, maybe their pets will cross at some point. But, uh, you know, that was cool to see the Daniel Bryan riddle back and forth. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really, really good Rumble. You know, Riddle actually, he looked really impressive in this Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. And with all the little, I guess, heat between Rollins and Riddle, I will say, them putting their differences aside, they got some pretty good chemistry in the ring. And you can say oh, yeah, the same thing with Brian and Riddle as well. Yeah, there was never any doubt from me, man. I mean, the, the amount of dream matches for Matt Riddle in, the, in WWE is just endless. And uh, I think he was one of the final six uh, in the Royal Rumble match, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, I think Vince really likes this guy. You know, I, I'm really I know a lot of people are un unhappy at, at where he's at right now. But I think he's fine, man. I think he's going to do some big things. I think Vince is high on him. I'm optimistic. I really am. I think he could he could definitely be something. And the fact that he was one of the final six or seven, that's that's good right there. Yeah. That's that's a good sign. So, um, you know, to see him mash it up with Rollins and Brian and, like I said, all these guys, Edge and, oh, geez, dude, I, I'm like I said, I'm optimistic and I want to see more because I love Matt Riddle. Well, I, I like what you did right there, Ryan, when you said Vince is high on him. Uh, I like what you did there right there. I, I saw what you did there. Um, so Edge ended up winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he did. Uh, he went in there an hour. And then we got some teases during the week on who he could potentially challenge. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what they're doing with Drew right now. And I'm a big fan of Drew. Mm -hmm. But Drew, and this maybe this is happening by design, right? Which eventually Drew just snaps. But when it comes to, like, these legend figures where – Drew goes on this like tirade, like saying, like, you always been a mentor to me and you always help me out. I want to see a little bit less of that from Drew because I feel like that makes him look a little bit weak. Because, yeah. like, if you've watched the promo on Monday Night Raw, Edge just chomped them. Yeah. <laughs> Edge was just like, yeah. you know, what's wrong with you, man? Like, I appreciate everything you're telling me, but I just won the Royal Rumble. I am a threat to you. Like, what are you doing? And then, even with him like playing him out, he still gave him some, like, some, like, um, I guess like some feedback and was still kind of like giving them some like advice saying like, you're playing a dangerous game right now. And then what happens? Boom. Seamus just hits him with a bro kick. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, um, you know, I, I 
So Dave Meltzer reports that Edge and Roman is the plan for WrestleMania, right? Now, right. that is, um, you know, whether that happens or not, Dave's usually, you know, a Wrong. pretty trusted source. I trust Dave. So I'm going to think that that's going to be the match. And that's a huge, mega match for WrestleMania, man. Like, that's, like, huge. I'm, I'm hyped for it. That's but where my him- cards are at. My cards are, are on a on a Roman Edge match. Yeah. But a part of me wishes that the plan was Edge versus Drew because I love the story of Edge winning the Rumble and going for the title that he never lost. And I think it would be a great moment if Edge did end up becoming world champion again at WrestleMania, even if it's for the night or 24 hours because, you know, the Miz still has the Money in Bank briefcase. And, of course, he's a part-timer, so who knows, you know, if he's going to be a part-time world champion. I don't see that from Edge like, you know, we've seen from Brock Lesnar. But I just feel like there was a better possibility of Edge becoming world champion and beating Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship than there is Edge beating Roman Reigns. Uh, so I was hoping for this Edge-Drew McIntyre um, match. And, you know, when they confronted each other in the beginning of Raw, I actually did see Dave's report, like, right before Raw. And I, and then when those two went face-to-face, I was like, wow, this would be hilarious if, like, Dave's report is so wrong and they make this match official right now. Um, I mean, and, and Dave has been wrong. Dave has been he wrong. He has, yeah, he has. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm just always – I know a lot of, he gets a lot of flack and a lot of hate, um, Dave Meltzer, but I, I love him. So, like, I always trust him. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's not always – not everybody's always right, but he's, right. you know, right, right, right. almost always on the money. Um, but, yeah, then after seeing that and seeing the face-to-face, I was hoping and wishing, but I just couldn't take that segment serious because I just – I knew that it's there's – the likelihood of them going at it at WrestleMania is just not that high. So, you know, I, I don't we know. Did, I don't know what they're doing with Drew, to be honest with you. We we did see Edge also appear in NXT, and I thought that was a pretty cool moment that he shared yeah. with both Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. I love the interaction between Edge and Pete Dunne saying, like, uh, you know, I see a lot of me and you or whatever. And, and his Pete little Dunne, shrug. And shrug, and he was like, listen, it would have been like 10, <laughs> 10 whatever years ago, I would have done the same thing. Kay. Like, I love that little <laughs> interaction and – and him praising Finn Balor, and he kind of, he praised Finn Balor, he praised Pete Dunne, and he also put NXT the brand over, saying that yeah. the second W in WWE is the main focus of NXT. And I thought that was it was a really cool segment. Now, as much as I would love to see an Edge Finn Balor or an Edge Pete Dunne match, we know that's not going to happen either. Right, right. Now, fast forward to Friday night. You know, and 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 I'm I might get some hate on this. Or, or, or maybe you might disagree, or maybe you'll agree. But without Edge saying much, and that little quick segment between Roman and Edge, I feel like Roman looked weak compared to Edge. Because Edge kind of didn't give a fuck about anything. Edge would just kind of look at him like, kind of like, a, he had like a serious look, and then he kind of had a smirk on his face. And then Roman saying like, say my name. And, <laughs> and it just, for a quick second, Roman looked like the weaker of the two. I don't know if you got that vibe like I did. Not too much, but I guess if you compare how Roman was in the first, you know, in the opener, where he was just, you know, again, Roman is just absolutely killing it on the microphone. Um, If you compare it to, like, what he was saying then to comparing what, you know, how he was in the final segment, then, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I didn't get that vibe. It just, like I said, like, I don't know, I guess I'm prone. I've watched this stuff for a long time. And, you know, I knew they weren't going to make this match official. You know, Roman oh, wanted an answer. That. He wanted an answer. I knew he wasn't getting an answer. So, like, I just couldn't take this serious. Um, you know, while the, it did get me, you know, a little tease, got me hyped. And, like I said, 
that is a mega match for WrestleMania, yeah. man. Like, like Roman is so beloved right now too. I think by like us hardcore fans because he's doing the best work of his entire career right now. But mm-hmm. also us hardcore fans love Edge as well. But that's right. the ultimate babyface versus the ultimate heel right now. That is a perfect story and a perfect match to be the main event of WrestleMania. Like I am a hundred percent down for that. Um, you know, I guess this just coincides with, you know, um, edge confronted each champion this week. So obviously he was going to confront Roman. Like I said, even though I just don't see them making this match official for, you know, at least a few more weeks because there's still two more pay-per-views until WrestleMania, which is just ridiculous. But look, listen, let's also like, not act like WWE hasn't done this. Like I think last year, oh I know won, when Drew won the Royal Rumble. I think what was it, like the next day or like the same week he said hey, I'm challenged Lesnar for the world title. So I mean, yeah. it's happened before. No, I know. I do feel like in this Thunderdome era, they have the advantage to kind of prolong this. Yeah. Well, you, I would prolong this to like probably after Takeover. To be honest with you. Well, because you know. The thing is, WrestleMania tickets didn't go on sale yet either. So you would think, like, uh, right around the, um, you know, when they announced that tickets are going on sale, and now it's going to be, like, limited capacity or whatever, and I'm sure whoever's going to go is going to go regardless of whatever match it is. Listen, you, it doesn't, they could have two turds in the middle of the fucking <laughs> ring, and people are still going to go. I'm right, gonna right. One of them. I, there's no way I'm going to be caught dead in Florida. But people are going to go, bro. Yeah. Hey, listen. Don't judge me. I'm thinking about taking the trip this <laughs> oh! year. But, um... Be careful, bro. Anyway, yeah. Um, if you don't be, if you're not careful, you know we're gonna what we're gonna give you on the show. Yes, and I will okay. deserve it. Okay. I will deserve it. Trust no, me. No. Congratulations. Oh, just in case. Just oh, in case. you're getting it early. Just in case. Don't jinx me. Don't jinx me. Come on. But you know what? If it wasn't for Florida being having such like crazy numbers, bro, I would consider going. But man, yeah, the things I, I hear about Tampa, bro, I hear like Tampa is the wild, wild west over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, everybody feels feels a different way about it. Uh, you know, if I go, it's going to be a very quick weekend. I don't plan on going out in public a lot. Uh, stay at the hotel pool or whatever and just chill and go to Two Nights of Mania and, you know, get my food to go and, and eat it in the hotel. You know, I'd be very careful. I wear masks right. everywhere, you know. Um, I don't know. Not not official. Who even knows how hard it's going to be getting tickets? I have no idea. Right. But I, I'm considering it. You know, I just you know I'm a mark, so whatever. And I, I need to get away because it's been too long. Um, but what I was saying was, I just feel like they're going to wait uh, to announce like a big top match, like maybe the week before tickets go on sale or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, not that they need to, but maybe they feel like okay to get people to travel and to be willing to. We got to announce this match right before tickets go on sale, you know, or something like that. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, who knows when they're going to make this match official or not. And I wonder what role Edge plays from here on out because he's confronted every champion on every show this week. Now, what does he do next week and the following week? Because we know now Drew McIntyre is going into a program with Sheamus. We know Roman and KO, for some odd reason, is continuing, even though I don't understand why. But, you know, it's at, this point, they need, at this point, they need to have like a Hell in a Cell match or like three stages of hell. At this yeah. Point. <laughs> Roman needs to kill Kevin Owens. He, he needs to like he needs to like kill him to the point where he can't get up and do anything to him again. And maybe he comes back like six months later and then gets his revenge. He's got to put him down to the point and, where he'll get back this, up. And this, with this cinematic world, we might even have like a boneyard match. Like, <laughs> right. Bury him. 
commit murder so, so we can end this Kevin Owens Roman Reigns feud. Right. Even though what we were saying before, we don't mind seeing them together, but in you know storyline purposes, it just doesn't make sense to have another right. match. But right. you know, we'll see what happens. All right. So we didn't touch about we didn't talk about this at all before uh, we started recording. I didn't talk about none of this with you during the week because I kind of want this to be like fresh. Like I, I, I want your honest opinion about it. And listen, you're an honest guy. You're realist. Leo and I are Latinos, right? We mm. know who Bad Bunny is. Okay. Um, what's your opinion on Bad Bunny's involvement with the WWE? Uh, it's no different than any other celebrity coming in. I've never been a fan of these type of things. I understand why they do it. Um, I'm personally not a fan. I personally don't care. I watch wrestling right. for for rest, the wrestlers and stuff. And I feel like, like I said, while I understand why they do this, I don't understand why they try and grab uh, the headlines or grab fans from outside of wrestling to come watch their shows instead of focusing on the fan like me and you who pay money to constantly go see and support these guys and these shows. Um, but I do understand, and I actually had to do some research on him because um, he's huge, apparently. Like a huge, you know, and I don't really know too much about him. Quite honestly, I had no idea that his song wasn't even in English when he was coming out there in the Royal Rumble right. singing. Dude, well, I it's just, fine. It, it, like, it's perfectly fine. It makes sense. You're not a Latino. You're yeah. not, like, yeah. you know, like, it makes perfect sense. No, I've heard of him before. I mean, you know, I'm not that out of the loop, but I don't know too much about him. So right. I did some research, and I, I understand why he's a big deal. And, you know, I would not be shocked at this point if he has a WrestleMania match. I really wouldn't. Um, you know what? It is what it is. Like I said, I've been a wrestling fan forever. I've seen this type of stuff. I mean, I've seen Snooki in the freaking ring, for Christ's sake, you know? So, like... This can't be any worse. I saw Snoop Dogg just take the worst freaking frog splash I've ever seen in my entire life not too long ago. So these the type of things happen. So I'm not as opinionated as maybe somebody else. I'm not a fan. Like I said, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I understand. You know, like I said, I'm not like too out of the loop where I just don't don't understand the business aspect of a huge, you know, um, like pop icon like this, right. like in pop culture coming into the WWE and doing doing this time. So. What you just said right now is the perfect response that someone should yeah. have that is not a fan of the Bad Bunny thing. That Instead of having hateful, ignorant fucking comments that don't go on their Google machine and research, hey, who is Bad Bunny? Why is this guy such a big deal? Instead, we get all these fucking racists and these fucking yeah. Cracker Jacks that weigh 500 fucking pounds <laughs> saying racist shit. Just right, do your research right. like you did. Because guess what? You're an actual smart guy, and you don't go on fucking social media and type all these ignorant and hateful comments. You're a smart dude. Yes, you admit it. You're not a fan of it. And people that are not a fan of Bad Bunny and don't like his music, that's perfectly fine. You don't have to be a fan of it. You don't. But you need to understand also, like, okay, I kind of get why this is a big deal and why WWE is trying to get this Latino demographic and and, uh, demographic they've been fucking chasing for years ever since Eddie Goral's passing. So, like... You get it. You f- you might not be a fan of it, but you get it. Yeah. What I have an issue with is just all these hateful and ignorant comments from people that 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 they were shit on Bad Bunny, yet they don't give a fuck when Kid Rock and Georgia Florida line fucking <laughs> performed for like for two songs on an episode of Raw or SmackDown. You know, well, you see, know what see. happens, and I'm sorry, Ryan, but you know what no, happens. No, what no. happens with that is, and we take it for granted now. Wrestling is huge in the UK. 
right? So if we see somebody like Rob Gronkowski go on our TV in a wrestling thing, we know we kind of know who he is. Even if you're not into football, you kind of know who he is. But if you go to somebody from the UK, first of all, they don't watch football. For them, football is that football back there, right? Yeah. Second of all, they have no idea that this guy's famous unless you do your research, right? So what ends up happening here, and especially against the Spanish demographic, even in the Spanish demographic, there are a lot of people that don't like this guy because the, um, the music that he makes is vulgar or whatever. But you have to give it to him at the end of the day. If you've been following as much as Mario and I have been following and actually listening to his words, he's been dropping wrestling references for the last, like, seven years. Right? So yeah, on all his music. Again, throughout his music, and that's just the one time, he actually, he hired uh, Stone, uh, he hired Stone Cold to be in one of his videos. He Rick hired Flair. Ric Flair to be in one of his videos. Didn't he do something with The Undertaker? The Undertaker yep. actually did a video for him to do the third show. Again, this guy is a wrestling fan. If you actually go back, I forget what, what WrestleMania it is, he's standing, well, he's sitting right behind Michael Cole in a ticket that he paid for. It's not like the WWE gave it to him. He paid for that ticket, him and his uh, producer guy, which both of them are wrestling fans. So you tell me this. Somebody as a wrestling fan that understands the, the gimmick, that understands, even before he jumped off the top rope, did anyone notice that he cleaned his feet? Showing respect to the ring? <laughs> I bet you nobody noticed that. I bet you nobody went in and actually said, you know what? This guy does respect the business. This guy does understand what it is. He's been around backstage for years. Why? Because he has that connection with Ric Flair. He has that connection with, with any Spanish superstar that knows him. But at the end of the day, he respects where he is. He's not just doing it just to be there. I'll tell you this right now. If he does have a match at WrestleMania, I could put my money that he will do a much better job than Snooki, than LT, than all these other people that came in outside of the wrestling world that just did it for the paycheck. Again, this guy actually understands the business. He understands what it is. He shows nothing but respect to these guys. And those fuckers that are going in there writing shit is because they didn't go to Google. All they did was go to Twitter and follow somebody else and what somebody else said. Or they went to Instagram and follow what somebody else said. They didn't actually do their research. So, Ryan, thank you for doing your research, bro. That's what separates you from all the shit out there. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd That's like it. to not so be to classified say. as those agents <laughs> online. But... One, one, one last thing on the Bad Bunny. I, I got to give him props because after he jumped off and landed on Morrison and Miz, he was selling his ribs. So you could tell this guy's such a mark for wrestling. <laughs> of course. And, and when it comes to a potential match with him being involved uh, at WrestleMania, I mean, I'm not really interested in it. But, I mean, if it happens, it's going to mm. bring attention to WrestleMania and, and more attention to WrestleMania. And more mainstream attention when he appears like on Raw or SmackDown, or whatever. And also smart on WWE yeah. by pairing up with Damian Priest because he also gave the rub to Damian Priest. Now yeah. I, I was actually listening to Hugo Savinovich and uh, Chente Drach. Chente Drach is another Spanish guy. He's one of these famous YouTubers uh, from Puerto Rico. Again, of course, you have Bad Bunny and wrestling. Of course, how are you gonna not have Hugo Savinovich, the voice of Spanish fucking the commentator table for so many years? be with this guy but anyway what he was saying is that in his eyes the wwe kind of dropped the ball a little bit the wwe should have had carlito caribbean cool and bad bunny and then have damien priest in the corner you still give the rub to damien priest but how you're not gonna have like the bad like the 
the new incarnation of Razor Ramon, who's actually Spanish, which is Carlito, come out with Bad Bunny. Again, they're both from Puerto Rico. They're both established, you know. It would have helped because right now, to all these fuck faces that all they're doing is talking shit, again, you're going to say something bad about uh, Damien Priest. You're going to make it believe like if it's if it's just a throwaway match with The Miz and Morrison. But I think Carlito, and Hugo was right, Carlito would have added a little level to that match that they're kind of coming up with. It could happen. Um, we never know. I mean, I... I think you could you could make that argument. Me personally, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. I mean, it probably would have gave more of a rub to Damian Priest. But mm-hmm. listen, coming out of that, Carlito didn't need a rub from anyone because everybody no. was talking about Carlito. Oh, I don't think Bad Bunny would have made much of a difference. It would have been cool because they're mm-hmm. both Puerto Rican, right? Yeah. But I think Damian Priest needed that, not no. a guy like Carlito. Carlito was already being the talk of wrestling. Oh, how mm-hmm. he looks even better than he looked. Uh, whatever the last time we seen him in WWE, yep. would it have been a cool backstage segment? Yeah, but like I don't think uh, Carlito, I don't think the trio of a Carlito, Damian Priest, and Bad Bunny would be something I would watch because at the end of the day, Damian Priest would have felt like background noise instead of being more okay. of a focus on Damian. I don't think we needed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, on this, for people that are like, oh, but you're burying Miz and Morrison, really? What has Miz and Morrison done the last couple months? They've become the bulk and skull of WWE. Yeah. They're not getting buried. If anything, if anything, them being involved with this Bad Bunny thing is making them a little bit more relevant. A little bit, yeah. If you, yeah. <laughs> now, my question, my question to the group, uh, is Morrison going to have a fit if his girl doesn't get to compete in the match at WrestleMania with Snooki? <laughs> Just asking. Remember? <laughs> Remember back? Uh, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think so. You don't remember? Okay. <laughs> Just making yeah, sure. I remember. See I what remember, I did there? See no. what I did? Okay, Daddy, go ahead. They're <laughs> different female. Different female. All right. Um, la- lastly, on WWE stuff, and then we'll touch on everything else that's happened. Let's go. They did announce uh, the, the TakeOver name for next week. It'll be TakeOver Vengeance Day. You know, winking and nod to Vengeance. I thought it was going to be saying Valentine's Day Massacre. They didn't go with that. And three matches have been announced. We got Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for the NXT Championship. We have Johnny Gargano versus Kushida for the North American Championship. We have, on paper, this could be, you know, match of the year contender. Io Shirai, Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez for the NXT Women's Championship. And then we get the finals also of both Dusty Rhodes Cup Classic. So, uh, on paper, this is looking like a really good takeover card. Completely stacked from top to bottom, man. I've I've been clamoring for Finn Balor and Pete Dunne to – go at it for a while now so you know i wanted that to be at new year's evil uh i'm glad we're we're getting it because i think that's going to be an awesome main event yeah i mean just another typical nxt takeover card that's stacked from top to bottom um i'll be honest nxt recently hasn't done much for me not saying it's been bad uh just not interested in it i'm not really huge on the on the dusty um cups i just feel like there's too many matches you know I, i don't really care to follow it uh nxt hasn't really been exciting as of late to me you know and again i love nxt don't get me wrong i always will because you know obviously they've always been great um you know it kind of reminds me though of like when nxt was on the wwe network now i did not watch week to week i would watch when there was a good match i'd watch when it's a good segment i didn't really pay attention i watched every takeover though and i enjoyed it and i knew what the storylines were and everything so that's where i'm where i'm kind of at here with nxt uh, just their, their takeovers just are so damn good. And, and, you know, I can't wait for it. And, you know, like I said, I don't know too much of the stories, but, um, you know, I, I did skim through this week because Edge was on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this takeover card looks great. And I mean, Kushida and Johnny Gargano are going to have a great match. Like I said, the women's match looks awesome. I love um, Mercedes Martinez going in there and being prominent in the women's division. Yeah. There because 
God, when she was in retribution for the short time that she was, oh. man, I was like, wow, this does not look good for her immediate future in the WWE. But I'm glad we're seeing her in a title match. That's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, and, the and, thing, and both finals of the Dusty Cups should be great. The thing with NXT is, like, they're usually, like, hit or miss. Like, one episode, it'll be like, oh, man, this is a really good episode. And then the next week episode, you're like, eh, they just didn't do much for me. And especially with the Dusty Cup tag team uh, matches, some matches are good, and then some other matches are like, hmm, it's okay. It's like the yeah. episodes are usually, like, hit or miss. And especially now with, like, this whole COVID era that they're in, I feel like when it comes to NXT TV, some of their gimmick episodes, like a New Year's Evil, like mm-hmm. a Halloween Havoc, those are some of their best episodes. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's and it's too. And I hate to be like this because, like, I'm not at, at all. I love all the, all this all the companies, but man, like, you know, it's just like AEW on Wednesday night, and that's so damn exciting. And I'm so yeah. much more into that that it's kind of like you know, I have NXT on the DVR, and sometimes I watch it after AEW, which recently has become and you impossible. can't get into it impossible. You can't get into- impossible and even on a thursday like i'm still on a high from AEW. that like i'd rather just go watch the dynamite replay on my dvr than go watch nxt you know and i just i hate that i have that mindset which is like i'm so much more interested in what AEW is doing that i just don't really want to go back and watch nxt you know i just feel like there's nothing there for me to really like there's nothing must see and this is not me shitting on nxt by any means i'm not i'm not taking sides it's just like, man, when you got something as exciting as AEW and what they're doing with all these other wrestling companies, it's hard to get into NXT, like even watching on the DVR the next day. But um, as far as TakeOver goes, yeah, I love the name, love the card so far, and it's going to be a great it, show. It, it's funny you mentioned that because even with how – and we're going to touch on AEW in a bit, but like how AEW this week, top to bottom, was just such a great show, and then – I was such on a high with AEW. I normally watch AEW first. I always get my view to AEW live first, yeah, and then too. I watch NXT right afterwards. It was hard for me to get into NXT mm-hmm. this week until what I did was the following day, I ended up watching both shows back-to-back, except this time I watched NXT first. I watched that, then watched mm-hmm. Dynamite again, and I'm like, God, Dynamite was just such a better show. It, it, you know, it, yeah. it's just... It's not even just this week. I mean, in my opinion, it's just not even this week. It's It's been consistently, even... Really, when and, and it, when AEW really started too. I mean, there were some weeks where NXT was definitely better um, mm-hmm. in the beginning, but you know, man, I mean, just the past you know eight months or so, maybe even longer. Just that's just been the common themes. AEW is the better show. It just you know to me it is you know. Yeah, there's some there, there's some weeks I'll watch an episode of NXT. I feel like the episode where. Um... When Casey did the fucking um the 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 whatever Phoenix you call whatever that, you yeah. want to call whatever you want to call that I feel like that episode of NXT was really really good top to bottom, um and then AEW I remember watching AEW in it AEW always has a good show even when it's like a show that I'm like yeah. mm, about it's still a very good show and yeah. I feel like it's because AEW always feels like it's must watch at you right. need to watch it at that point in time with right. NXT you can always be like. I'll watch it later. Like, and, and I hate right. saying that because I love the NXT brand too, but AEW always just feels must-watch. You need to watch it live. And like I said, this is not saying these shows aren't be- aren't aren't good by any means. Like, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, this past Wednesday show, good show. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, it just doesn't do much for me personally compared yeah. to something like AEW. You know, like, I-, I can miss NXT and just be like, eh, okay, I don't need to, I don't miss it and be like, oh my God, I need to, I need to watch it. Oh my God, I need to see that Dusty Cup classic match. I, I need to see like no, it just doesn't do much for me. All right. Let's let's laugh a little bit, Ryan. Because I know okay. I'm about to I'm about to get you. I'm about to get you fired up right now. All right. Hey Leo, mm-hmm. get that button ready. <laughs> for anyone that thought 
Got it. Jay White Got was going to leave New Japan, go to the Royal Rumble, or do anything with WWE. You get the biggest. Congratulations. You played yourself. The Keep last pressing the button. Keep pressing the button. Congratulations. You congratulations. Congratulations. You played yourself. The last time Ryan was on, we talked about this Jay White situation. We compared it to back in 2017 when Kenny Omega lost to Okada and Okada Omega won. We talked mm -hmm. about this. We talked about he was going to take a leave and this was all going to be a redemption story. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. We talked about Jay White not leaving New Japan. And New Japan, credit to New Japan because they teased it. They played along with it very well. Yeah, they even removed good. Jay White's profile from their website. So they played along with it well. Jay White went ghost. But Jay White was never going to leave New Japan. And some of you people, some of you peckerheads that got worked thinking that he was going to show up in the Royal Rumble. You know who was not in the Royal Rumble? Jay fucking White. Because my guy's still in New Japan. Ryan, talk to them, bro. When I woke up on Monday morning, man... Picked my phone up alongside my bed, <laughs> logged into my Twitter machine, and the first thing I see is Jay White is back. I dropped my phone and I went, <laughs> because, oh my God. Vindication. Is this a coincidence that he's back in New Japan the morning after the Royal Rumble? I don't know. I'd like to think it's not. Oh, my God, man. How funny is that? He played everybody. And to people like me and you, Mario, it was completely obvious the entire time. There wasn't an inkling from us that he was going anywhere else or doing anything else. Right. He was going to go to the Royal Rumble. What are you talking about? Bro, he liked Finn Balor's NXT tweet, bro. He was going to show up <laughs> in NXT, man. Ryan Satin's tweeting out, oh, my God, look, with, with the eye emoji. Dude, do you... I know, I know you, you get paid to do this. I know this is your job, but don't feed into bullshit like this. Even Sean Rossap, who I love and who is another trusted source, I actually unfollowed Ryan Satin because I can't stand that, yeah, that idiot, <laughs> freaking buffoon. Sean Rossap is great. Even that idiot was playing into this, okay? And then even people who I've never seen use the words Jay White on their Twitter before. The, oh the biggest God, WWE yeah. mark that you could think of. Mm -hmm. They're they're like, oh, Jay White, man. They're, they're acting cool. Like they think they know who he is. Like, oh, man, this guy's coming to WWE, bro. You don't know anything. You, you know nothing. And those are the people that I am glad to congratulate on this. Because, again, idiot. They will play into anything, any any rumor, any possibility. Instead of really realistically thinking, they just play into anything. And like I said, he's it, not going it's anywhere. Funny, it's funny that you mention um, people that never mentioned Jay White in their whole fucking life. And then all of a sudden there's these rumors. And then all of a sudden they want to talk about Jay White because it's a trending that. topic. I, I hate pages. Hate and it. I hate pages. That that want to like report like about wrestling or whatever, and you could tell that they don't follow no other product besides WWE. And just because something is trending, they automatically want to magically talk about like yeah. they know what they're fucking talking about. Yeah. But no, they fucking copy and paste someone else's page that actually talks about everything. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. they just want to, they just want the likes and the retweets and this and that. I, I hate pages like that. If you're one of these idiots that fucking copy and paste and just want to talk about something because it's fucking trending, go fuck yourself. Thank you. Did, did they Couldn't copy our stuff again? Did they copy our stuff again? <laughs> but what happens is this. Uh, when did a like on social media mean the guy's already signed? Never. Right, right. Never. But no, it, it, it's just people are digging into it too deep and trying to find things, clues that aren't there. Okay. To me, and Mario knows this, to me, everything's a work. Everything. Life, <laughs> work, TV, everything's a work. So, but what has wrestling done in the last couple of years? Not WWE, because WWE doesn't use it as much, but other wrestling companies. They use social media against you. Right. They're, you're telling me they take it off their, their their social media feed. Hey, go check out. JY's no longer there. Then it just spreads like wildfire. Again, guys, it's part of the storyline. It is part of the storyline. It's part of what they're trying to sell to you. But you know what? New Japan, Jay White, they were smart with it. Again, they're using that to their advantage. What What we want nowadays, right? is you want to use whatever is available out there to your advantage. For this past, what, two weeks, three weeks, all people were talking about Jay White WWE. When did he show up? The Monday after. Because there there was still a chance that he can show up on Monday. And no, again, they use that. Why? Because if you search... Jay White and everything that moved those three weeks before the Rumble, that's all wrestling pages were talking about. Again, asshole, you got scammed. You fell right into it. Good job, Jay White. Good job, New Japan. That's all I got to say. And I don't know if you saw saw this on um, on Twitter, but, you know, the, the rumor obviously was that Jay White signed a seven-year contract with New Japan back in 2018. And uh, Dave Meltzer did reply to a fan on Monday – uh, who said, like, you know, when is when is Jay White's deal up? And he said he signed a seven-year deal in 2018. And Jay White responded. He quote-tweeted that tweet with an emoji of a baseball cap. Now, I didn't know what that meant. So, naturally, when I don't understand what something means, again, going back to the Bad Bunny thing, mm-hmm. I look it up because that's the beauty of the Internet. You can do it right from the no. your hands. R- really? You, do you, don't, you don't actually comment and try to a- ask stupid questions on the on the comment of the actual – thing that you saw you, you you don't do that you actually google and you do your research Ryan. is that what you're saying do your research kids you'll learn a thing or two <laughs> you look it up kids. and right away that cap emoji means that somebody's lying so i don't know how long jay white is signed for new to new japan for but all i know is he ain't going anywhere anytime soon within the next two years at least he came back. He caught another killer promo backstage. Listen, this is the place for Jay White to be. He's not finished. He's got a lot of unfinished business. I don't see him going anywhere else. And, you know, we're going to get into it a little bit more. But with this partnership now with yeah. New Japan AEW, he could appear there. I don't think – now, I don't know. Never say never. I don't think he's ever going go to go to, to the WWE. I could see him being that one of those guys that never goes there. So anybody's clamoring for that. And I'm sure Monday – uh, on Monday, there were some people, again, we're talking about people who have no idea about anything outside of the WWE. They just hear about Jay White, you know, and they think something's going to come up for it. Jay White returns to New Japan that morning. I'm sure there was some idiots that had no clue. And that <laughs> Monday night on, on Raw, they were probably like, ooh, Jay White, is he going to come out here? 
<laughs> not knowing that he already returned at 4 a.m. that morning to New Japan. I'm sure there was some idiot out there. As soon as he was done, he got on a plane. You didn't know that? Yeah, right, right. As soon as he won't commute from yeah. Japan to uh, Orlando or Tampa, Florida. You know, he'll be like that Christian thing that they're trying to push where he had to drive for like four hours because he went to like the wrong city. That's probably and what Jay White was doing. Like at a gas station or something, yeah. <laughs> and he was like in Kansas already when he arrived to the arena. Uh, we, we are going to touch on the AEW Japan stuff, but I do want to finish yet. real quick on Jay White. Oh, so he did come back this week, and he cut a hellacious promo, not only on New Japan, he cut it on the Bucks and and yeah, the, the yeah. Bullet Club. I guess we could call it Bullet Club US at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also talked, and he blamed his failure at Wrestle Kingdom to Ishii. Ishii catching the heat. He blames him. He's the reason why he didn't he didn't get his his moment at Wrestle Kingdom. So he's after Ishii. And also, we talked about the epic uh, the never open way six man titles the last time he was on here. We have yes. a big match ha- happening coming up this Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. We're yeah. gonna get the Tongans. We get the Grills of Destiny and Jay White challenge for those six man uh, never open weight uh, championships against Chaos Ishii. Yoshihashi, ugh. and fucking Goto. I hope, I really hope Bully Club comes out with the gold, baby. And my boy Jay White, once again, has some gold. This is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. <laughs> it really is. It, this, obviously right now, Ibushi's the champion. So Jay White ain't going to get his belt back anytime soon. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before he goes after the world title again. This is perfect, though, right now. We talked mm-hmm. about how those belts are so irrelevant. And this reminds me of when Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks held those belts after Kenny Omega, after they kicked AJ Styles out and formed the elite, they became never open weight six man, you know, champs. Had fun matches, man, on all these house shows, road two shows, and things like that. Made those belts feel relevant and important. Uh, this is, like I said, this is perfect right now for Jay White to do. Um, I have no doubts that they're going to win because, again, I, as big of a fan as I am of New Japan, I just, like I said, I would, I, I know who the champs are now because Jay White right. called them out, but beforehand. Right. If you would have asked me on the spot, it would have been like, wow, I really got to think about that for a second but, because well, you just Nick, don't know. And then, well, you know, Jay White's – I don't know if you saw his promo on um, – he cut on Goto and New Japan management because Goto uh, jumped the commentary table and, and attacked mm-hmm. Jay White. And he went off and he wants Goto out of the match, so he wants a handicap, handicap match man, now. Yeah. So, like, man, I like so this is perfect for Jay White to do right now. It really is because, you know, instead of him going to chase Ibushi right away, give it some time. And this gets, you know, the Tongans involved, too, and puts them in a big role right now because, again, there's no competition in the heavyweight division for the tag right. teams as far as they go. I love this. This is perfect right now. Well, going going, going back to that, they're killing two birds with one stone here. Think about it. Return Jay White, you strap some gold right on him. Boom, perfect. Also, you're taking the bell away from Yoshihashi, which I don't want to see Yoshihashi ever in my fucking New Japan TV ever again. I <laughs> yeah. hate seeing Yoshihashi. No disrespect to Ishii and Goto because I'm a big fan of those two. But Yoshihashi is god-awful. It, can, it can't be that bad, Mario. No, he's bad. He's bad. Never for, never forget when, when New Japan, uh, you know, they deserve a congratulations for this one. They booked Yoshihashi versus Kenta. Congratulations. 20-minute war. Hammerstein. Oh, my God. At the Hammerstein. And, man, I was just like, why is this dude in here? First of all, Kenta, you know, we'll get into Kenta and my feelings towards Kenta. Kenta, I'm not really high on him, okay? I think he's pretty boring. I mean, especially watching him at 2 a.m. Sometimes he puts me to sleep. He's very slow and methodical. Not a huge Kenta guy. And then when you put him up against Yoshihashi, just put me to sleep. Give me some anesthesia. Bro, I was there at the Hammerstein. The crowd was fucking hot. They did not want this match. 
No, and, and rightfully so, because you could have put anybody else in that spot. What did Yoshihashi to do to deserve that spot in New York City? Nonetheless, I want to put them. You want to put them in a match in wherever they were, Massachusetts. I don't give a shit. In <laughs> New York City, you couldn't put a better guy in that spot to challenge Kenta than Yoshihashi. Yeah, I would take a photo. You could have put anybody in that spot. Anybody oh. in that spot. You could have put. You could put a junior weight in there. Yeah. Again, a Kentham, you could have put like a guy like Rocky Romero. You could have put right, so many right. other people in that spot, but you put fucking Yoshihashi. He's like, I don't even know what to call. He's just terrible. He's re- he's like, I'm trying to compare him to somebody in WWE. So so people that are not familiar with New Japan, how how right. can you compare him to? He's kind of like um, I, think, I, don't, I don't even know what to compare him to. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it, it's it's. He's like the Kota Reeves of New Japan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you he's go. Like, <laughs> Although he's not featured as much as Yoshihashi is, yeah. you know? It's like he, the guy like who's, the Reeves of New Japan. It's like the, oh, the guy who's always there, but does nothing of right. importance and, like, just has no purpose being there. You you feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, get this guy off my screen. But he's nah, there. I, I don't feel bad for him, Ryan. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't feel bad for him. Get, him. get him away from my TV. All right, dude. Let's talk about AEW Beast Break. Um, before we get to like the big stuff, we're going to leave that at the end. Cause I know we're going to have a ton of shit to talk about, but just some interesting notes real, real quick inner circle. Um, they were in this battle Royal Jericho MJF wins it. Um, we're seeing more issues between the inner circle. Um, it looks like MJF is moving chess pieces in the inner circle. And for whatever reason, I'm getting vibes that Sammy G is going to get kicked out. Tell me yeah. what you think. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's heading that way. Um, you know, I was surprised, actually, I guess not too surprised, uh, that Jericho and MJF won this match because once they formed a tag team, I knew it was headed somewhere. Uh, you know, I think it's fine. I think the match will be fun, and uh, it'll be cool to see the Young Bucks and MJF go at it, and, and Jericho as well. Obviously, I don't think they're going to win the tag titles, but I think this nah. is going to cause separation between those two, and we're going to see if MJF becomes the leader. Uh, if they kick Jericho out, or who knows what's going to happen. But definitely seems like Sammy G right now is the odd man out. Uh, it can't be more obvious right now. And and I'm surprised because I thought we were getting a Sammy G versus um, MJF match at the pay-per-view. But I guess they're right. going to hold off maybe until the next pay-per-view, and those two will absolutely tear a- Any down. chance, if we see more tension between the inner circle. And, and, and by, yeah. when I say this, I'm being funny here. I'm not being serious. But any chance we see... Inner Circle Hollywood and Inner Circle Wolfpack. Is there oh, any man. We're going to get that. That would be a great opportunity, right, to do that. Oh. <laughs> All right. More on AEW. Um, so one of the biggest critiques, and I talk about this every single week, is the women's division in AEW. But, man, Thunder Rhodes and Britt Baker put on an incredible match this past week. Uh, Britt Baker picked up a big win on Thunder Rosa. Obviously, there were some shenanigans there with the turnbuckle stuff or whatever. But still, big win on Britt Baker's part. And then we got more on this women's tournament. Um, we're going to get a lot of Joshi Town in there, apparently shot out in Japan. I don't know if this is going to be, like, aired on Dynamite or YouTube. I would be shocked if it airs on Dynamite. But talk to me about this match and talk to me. What's your thoughts on this women's tournament that we're getting? Man, let me tell you, if there's two people that AEW should build the women's division around, it's these two right here. Besides Sasha Banks, Thunder Rosa is my favorite women's wrestler currently. She is so dope, uh, so fun to watch. And I can't imagine she doesn't at this point. But once her NWA deal is is done, yeah, she's, she's got to sign her full time. I mean, like I said, I can't imagine she doesn't. 
Um, but man, face of the division. I know Britt Baker talks about being the face of the division. She she sort of is too. But man, Thunder Rosa is just unbelievable. And you know, I love Britt too. I think Britt has really really improved. She is just her this heel character is tremendous. Uh, yep, very good in the ring. They had a killer killer match, and I love how they mixed it up because if you notice the women's segment every single week on dynamite is in the same spot. It's the, it's the, the match right before the main event. It's in that nine twenty five nine thirty five range every mm-hmm. single week. This time it was in the second segment. It was the second match on the show. And I think that benefited them as well. Um, you know, yeah, some shenanigans. It was the right move to have Britt Baker go over because I feel like she should be the next in line to take uh-huh. uh, the women's championship. I am hyped for this tournament. I did not think they were going to go as big as they are. Uh, the matches I did see, the the matches that are happening in Japan, are going to be on Fight TV and on oh, AEW's wow. YouTube channel. So okay. I assume on Fight it's going to be free because who was, who's going to pay for that? Um, right. But, yeah, also on AEW's uh, YouTube channel, which should be cool. I know they sent Hikaru Shida over there to kind of, uh, you know, produce or help produce some of those matches. Yeah. And, um it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I think this is going to help the women's division. Um, like I said, they're moving in the right direction with this. You know, I, I know they get a lot of hate and a lot of flack. It's a work in progress, but they're headed in the right direction, man. I know they got Dustin Rhodes helping a lot, too. And, you know, they got a lot of up-and-comers like Anna Jay and Ty Conti, who's very mm-hmm. good. Um, you know, Chris Statlander, I hope, comes back soon. We're going to have Riho back on TV, which I'm really excited about. Listen, I, I said it last week. I feel the last time the AEW Women's Championship matter was when Rio held it. Yeah, and you know, it's I love Sheeta, but unfortunately, she doesn't move the needle as much as somebody else would holding that belt. And it's not her fault. She doesn't really have a lot of opponents. Right. She's not a great promo because she has trouble speaking English. Um, she tries. I give her credit. I really do like her. I think she's a phenomenal wrestler. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's time to take the belt off of her, though. And I think if you put it on Britt Baker, that women's division is just going to continue to get even better because right now i just feel like it's just it's just there you know like like i said i i feel like like you said the last time rio had it, it was good i think when nyla had it for the short period of time that she had it was pretty good uh but Britt baker holding that and her incredible segments that we can get with reba with the waiting room and mm-hmm. man i think that would definitely help that title so i expect you know Britt baker to win that um, usa side of of the um of the bracket so yeah, I'm definitely excited where where the women's division's headed for sure. And and it's funny because the that's a character that people didn't know where it was going, right? This was something new. Like, oh, what is she doing with Shivani? You know what I mean? Like that's what yeah. people were questioning when it first came out. Again, let it play out. Let it play out. Now you're you're able to have a character that has layers that is that contender that you you are building characters because that's what people forget most of the time you can't just have somebody build up overnight you have to get people that are emotionally invested in these characters that will like you guys said before move the needle so in other words if i'm not emotionally invested and and i think i said this when we first started watching AEW, and they didn't explain who the hell any of these women were right because they only spoke about nyla rose and that was about it but again now you're starting to be emotionally invested. Now you're going to, you know, you have your favorites. You have things that you watch. You just don't look at a girl and say, why does she look like a pirate? Just saying. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, one last thing on on, on AW uh, Dynamite before we talk about the main event and then just everything that came out of that. I was not a fan of this wedding segment. I thought this wedding segment was trash. Not into it. Um, don't get me wrong. Seeing Orange Cassidy one-upping anybody always gets me a little pop. 
uh, you know, and Chucky e. T finally reuniting with uh, Orange Cassidy was cool. I, I did enjoy um, uh, Miro kind of losing his trace of thought, and then the crowd singing um, uh, uh, what's the song? Oh, I can't think yeah. of the song right now. But Ryan, you know what I want to talk about? I did enjoy yeah. that. But um, besides that, I thought the segment was terrible. Uh, real quick, what 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 you thought of the segment? Yeah, I mean, what was the point of it? It was just to continue the Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Miro, and Kip Sabian storyline and feud. And I just, I didn't understand this. And you know, oh, it's, I remember it's, the song. What is love, baby? Oh, don't, baby hurt don't hurt me. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was a great uh, moment for Miro to improvise right there right. when the when the crowd was chanting that. Uh, because you know I couldn't really make out what they were saying on television, but that mm-hmm. was that was phenomenal right there. Um, just show us how much of a pro and a vet that uh, Miro is. Right. But uh, yeah, this was weird, man, with Father James Mitchell in there, and you know all I kept thinking about was the last time this guy, uh, you know, was you know involved in a wedding segment, somebody got shot in the middle of the ring on Impact. So I'm like, oh boy, what in the world's <laughs> going on here? Um, <laughs> yeah, this this was stupid, man. This was completely dumb. They. Um, they hyped this up for a long time, so I expected a lot more. Uh, congratulations, you played yourself uh, to uh, congratulations to uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford because um, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Uh, Fightful.com, Sean Rossap came out with a report that this was their legit wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, all right. As soon as I seen Father Mitchell in there. I'm like, yeah, all right. That's is not their legit <laughs> wedding. I mean, it could it could be. There, he, there was there was um okay so there was conflicting reports on that this is what i think happened what i think happened is they got married officially a couple of days before this segment where like they did it through the court they signed the papers they probably had like four people with them or, or whatever i don't know during this covid era but then again it's florida so you know it's the wild wild west over there so who knows right That's i think that know. happened i think what they meant like an actual like uh ceremony was that like Penelope or Kip didn't actually have like a ceremony before that. So this was their actual ceremony. That's why I think that they meant by the report. I don't think they actually got married there. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like I said, stupid, stupid stuff. Um, you know, let's be honest. If there's one thing that WWE does better than AEW, it's wrestling weddings. Because, I mean, not that I'm a huge fan of wrestling weddings, but I, I do enjoy the shenanigans of, you know, Things right. we've gotten, you know, with the uh, Bobby Lashley and Lana thing with the Liv Morgan stuff. I thought that was funny as hell. Um, so I guess right now, if there's one thing WWE does Chuck. better. Remember Billy and Chuck? Oh, my yes, God. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, just a terrible, terrible segment on a good show. A terrible segment. That was just something that just did not need to be on. Either. All right. Now let's talk about what we all been waiting for talking about. We had a major main event this past week on Dynamite, which I thought this six-man tag was incredible. So Ray Phoenix, Pac, and John Moxley, who who would ever thought, well, not Ray Phoenix and Pac, but who would have ever thought John Moxley having such good chemistry with the two, right? Right. Against Bullet Club US, I guess that's the best way to call them, Omega right. and the Good Brothers. Did you notice when they came out, they came out with a Bullet Club adjacent theme and with them? It was a very different theme. It sounded like I don't want to call it a ripoff, but it sounded very, I guess, like a similar to what the Bullet Club theme is in New Japan. And you hear like Doc Cow- Doc Owls and Carl Anderson doing like ablibs in the theme. Did you catch that? 
I did not. I actually didn't catch them doing ad libs in the theme, but I did like. I I did feel like it was a little Bullet Club esque type mm-hmm. of you know music. Um, yeah. At first, I was like, "Wait, is this this can't be a Kenny a new Kenny Omega song?" But then no, I was no, like, no, "Okay, no. it's going to be like a song for the group." Um, but yeah, man, I guess they're going all in on this, and and they're just trying to piss off Tamatanga and the rest of the New Japan so, Bullet Club. So we get this match. Uh, if anybody. First of all, if anybody did not watch this match, you get a congratulations. But oh. this match was just fucking incredible. Um, so good. Incredible match. The Bullet Club US, <laughs> they went over. Uh, they picked up the win. And then, boom, the the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega are just, you know, after the match, post down, beat down on Ray Phoenix and Moxley. Out comes Lance Archer after he just had a match with fucking Eddie Kingston or whatever. So now Lance Archer's getting put in this mix or whatever. Obviously, we've seen some back and forth between Lance Archer and um, yeah. Death Triangle and stuff. So yeah. it kind of made sense him making the save. He's trying to clean house or whatever. And then Moxley is trying to, you know, trying to nail Omega once again with a, it looked like, uh, you know, uh, his uh, paradigm shift DDT. Out comes a, a covered up figure, attacks Moxley. He unmasks himself. It's fucking Kenta wearing his Bullet Club shirt, the the go, go to sleep club. Yep. He fucking hits Moxley with the GTS, which did not look impressive, but at least the moment <laughs> yeah. the moment was impressive, <laughs> right? And Omega is just fucking. He has a smirk on his face, and the mm-hmm. commentary is kind of like. What's funny about the commentary is Don Callis was laughing. He was laughing. He had like a very evil laugh on commentary, like he knew what was happening. Like this was all like plotted or whatever. It's part of the so, plan. Yeah, like it was all planned out. And Omega selling it with his facial reactions, like this was all planned. So dynamite ends like that. Now then we get like a, a post like social media clip where Omega's chasing down Kenta and was like, "Hey man, you know Switchblade didn't tell me that." You know, that we're going to get some visitors or whatever. And Kenta's laughing or whatever. And then Kenta, there's a line <laughs> of the sense saying, shut the fuck up. I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. So he plays out fucking Omega. He's saying he's after Moxley. It goes back. Connections to New Japan. Obviously, um, with the New Japan Strong series that we're getting in New Japan World, they, they booked this match where we're going to see Kenta and John Moxley, I think, at the end of this month for the United States Championship, right? Which Moxley has held at this point, for over a year. So we're going to get this match in New Japan Strong, which they film in L.A. Now, Kenta's involved with Dynamite. Yes, Kenta lives in Florida. So this led to all this speculation. Dave Meltzer did report that the doors finally open. New Japan and AEW are doing business. Um, Let me get your thoughts on all of this, and then I'll give you my thoughts, and then we'll figure out what, what, what could this potentially lead down the line so i mean what a shocking moment right i mean you know we've seen kenta tweeting a bunch of times every wednesday about going to jacksonville and and things like that he did tweet on monday or tuesday how long is the trip from orlando to jacksonville but after a while it's like you stop reading into this you're you're just like okay like he's just trolling he's not gonna be appearing there and obviously nobody thought that he was gonna be there and as soon as he tacked moxley there he was not even a thought in my head like i did not even expect it to be him there really wasn't a moment to like sit back and like wonder who it was because he immediately unmasked himself and man, like just mind blown. I, I could not believe it. Um, and then, yeah, when, you know, I think we talked after that was over, um, you know, we, we talked uh, a little bit off air and we said, you know, we don't think we're there yet on a partnership. We don't, we, we just think maybe this is, um, you know, 
something that New Japan did in return for maybe like, you know, AEW lending mocks there a bunch of times, things like that. You know, I just I didn't think the door was open yet. I thought this was a good sign for the future and for things to come, but not we're not there yet. I guess Dave says that a partnership or an agreement has been, you know, agreed upon. So that's a great thing. And um, I know Harold May, who was the previous um, man in charge of, of he's New gone. Japan, he's gone. And he was a big reason why it didn't work out in the first place with mm-hmm. AEW and New Japan. He's gone. He's out of the picture. I think that helped immensely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't know what this means. But, you know, AEW, for those who don't know, they do one live and one taped show, uh, you know, back to back, you know, and then, you know, every other week they're live and they're taped. So, like, they taped uh, next week's episode the following mm-hmm. day on Thursday. So, Kenta was already there. So, right. that's why they're doing this Lights Out match, which is going to be so much fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, let's see what happens moving forward. You know, we've been seeing these teases between the Young Bucks and, and Tamatanga and Jay White now throwing stuff out there. And I just thought, you know, I actually thought there was real beef between Tamatanga and the Young Bucks. And there still could be. You know, I don't want to be that type of person like we were just saying before that looks too much into this and gets worked. Right. But I could just see Tamatanga getting very jealous and bitter over things like this, over dumb things like this, because he's been Bullet Club for life. He's never left, unlike, you know, everybody else. And they try and rip off, you know, the Bullet Club in other places and stuff like that. I could see him getting a little salty. Um, but I guess it could be a work now if these two companies are working together. And what does this mean down the line? Do these guys end up on the same show or in the same place at the same time? I mean, hey, I guess anything's possible now, right? It's a so, good it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Again, it's a good time right. because a couple of years ago, something like this, you would have never thought. You would have never never thought of two wrestling companies that are that are this big or three if you count Impact too, um, that are actively working together. I think the closest we got to is somebody here working with somebody in Mexico or, you know, working with Japan. Uh, but not in American soil like we're getting now. You got a little bit of Ring of Honor, but that's, those were the same guys that were going back and forth, so kind of cheating. But what I'm saying is now you actively have two companies who some of these guys are not contracted by one of them that are actually making the jump. So it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. So AEW, when AEW first started, one of their key ideas is they, they were open to work with all these different promotions. Mm-hmm. So right now... They're working with AAA, they're working with Impact, they're working with NWA, and now you could throw New Japan in the mix. So, before we talk about like all this Bullet Club stuff, let's just maybe put that aside real quick. I'm curious to see how much of an agreement or working relationship New Japan and AEW has after the Kenta and Moxley match they're going to have it strong. If Moxley drops that United States Championship to Kenta, I want to see if this partnership or this agreement continues, because this just might be, this might, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, and I'm not saying that Dave Meltzer is wrong with his report saying that there is a working relationship. Yes, the door is finally open, fully open, but I want to see what happens. This might be an agreement or a situation where it's like, okay, let's work out a deal where we could take the strap off of John Moxley, and when the this pandemic is over, whatever, then Moxley and Jericho go back to New Japan or whatever, or whatever it is, and they could, you know, continue doing matches there, one-offs, whatever you want to call it. I'm more curious to see if this continues past this Moxley-Kenta match, and that's even if Moxley even drops the title to Kenta. That's mm-hmm. another that's another situation in itself right there. Now, when it comes to, like, this all Bullet Club stuff like that, 
people don't even understand. As much as I love this, I love this. I don't want this New Japan and AEW partnership to happen, but I'm also realistic too. How much of a partnership can we really get if we still have this pandemic as an issue, right? Yes, yeah. I know some towns still live in the U.S. It's been rumored that Jay White lives. Some people say that he lives in Florida. Other people say that he lives in Detroit. I've heard so many different rumors about Jay White. Um, I know the Tongans. I know Tama Tonga and Tongaloa. I think they're located in Florida also. Yes, but right they now they're are. in Japan. I, so, I heard I heard Jay White was relocating to Orlando uh, about a week ago. <laughs> And yeah. just no, no, yeah. right around the block from the performance center. No, 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 Ryan. No, no, no. Leo, hit yourself with the button, bro. No, hit with the button. no, no. With the button. what is this button? Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> Why not? So, I'm really Ryan curious got it. To Ryan see got it. <laughs> where this partnership continues. As you know, maybe some new Japan talent, you know, come over here, you know, when they're on break, maybe you could do a quick little pit stop in AW. I'm more curious to see. What happens there? Also, Kenny Omega is he's still tied with Kota Ibushi. And I think at this point where they're both on the top of both AEW New Japan Mountains, I think they want this match. Um, especially with Kenny Omega being this belt collector type thing. I think we could potentially get this match somewhere down the line. I don't see it happening anytime soon, especially with this pandemic continuing, but I could see that match happening. And Kenta showing up in AEW, I think they're 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 in better terms now than they, what they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. um, and it's all good signs. This is all positive signs. Like I said, I'm not shitting on the idea of AEW New Japan having this partnership. Not shitting on that, but I'm also being realistic too. New Japan, yeah. they have an interest. They, I'm sure, they want their championship back um, uh, to appear on Japan TV. You know, back in Japan. So. I want to see what happens with this partnership after the Moxley and Kenta match. Now, with this Bullet Club stuff, because there's so many different layers to this, bro. Is Omega, the Good Brothers, the Bucks, are they Bullet Club? Um, now Kenta's going to be tag teaming with Kenny Omega um, during this match against uh, uh, Lance Archer and John Moxley this coming week on Dynamite. Yes, it was taped, but it's going to, you know, it's going to air this coming week. Are we going to see some? Are they going to, you know? put the pieces together and are we going to see a little bit of too sweet action or are we potentially going to sign off the air on this episode of dynamite with the good brothers, Omega, the bucks and Kenta all together as a unit. Are we going to see that? Um, What does this mean with the bullet club out there in Japan with, with the Tongans and Jay White, there's so many different layers to this. Is, is Cody going to get involved with this somehow after his feud with, with Shaq? Like, there's so many layers to this. I think when it comes to a New Japan audience, before AEW started, I feel like a lot of people in New Japan, maybe even the Bullet Club Japan, right? The Bullet Club OGs. I think a lot of people kind of had a sour taste in their mouth because in many ways, the Bullet Club elite didn't really put the Bullet Club OGs over before right. leaving New Japan. At the same right. time, they weren't given a chance either if you read the Young Bucks book. So um, I feel like if there is a partnership here, even if it's like just just a couple of one-offs, I feel like business could be done right here where the elite, the Bullet Club elite, Bullet Club US could put over the actual Bullet Club in New New Japan, whether it happens on an AEW pay-per-view, whether it happens on on, uh, Dynamite or maybe, who knows, maybe we see... 
you know, Bullet Club US show up in 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 one of these Dominion pay-per-views or something. There's so much potential here and where business could be done right. I just and I might say probably I might get some heat when I say this, but Bullet Club has been the most influential stable entity in the last 10 years in the wrestling business. Cause look at look at look at what the Bullet Club has done here. Look, you can make the argument if it wasn't for Bullet Club, AEW wouldn't be a thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can also make the argument if it wasn't for Bullet Club and New Japan, AJ Styles wouldn't have gone to the WWE. Bullet Club is spread across the wrestling world. Bullet Club has been the most influential entity in the last 10 years, like it or not. There's no argument there. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, it's, you know, it's funny, too, because if you watch Being the Elite in the beginning this week, you know, uh, they, you know, (laughs) the Bucks throw shots. They're like, oh, we're not working with this current version of Bullet Club because it sucks. And then they throw a shot at evil. Listen, has the Bullet Club, you know, gone downhill a little bit? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But you know what? It's still going. You know, they still have a great leader in Jay White. They still Mm -hmm. got Tama Tonga and, you know, Bad Luck Fale whenever he is there. Ishimori, ELP. Yeah, yes, yeah. We kind of forget about all of them because we don't really see them as a group too much. Um, You know... They're still going, man. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, some of these factions die, but the Bullet Club is still going, whether you still you like them or you don't like them. And to be honest, I love the Bucks. I love Kenny and everything. To me, they never really were, like, too big in Bullet Club. They were for a short period of time with AJ Styles. But, you know, then after that short period of time, they were just the elite. Like, even all those, that time they were in, in Japan, they were still with the Bullet Club, but they branched off to be the elite, them three. To me, that that wasn't like they weren't Bullet Club. They were just the elite, them three. So it was kind of weird. My, the the Bullet Club that I loved was with you know the original one with Finn Balor in it, you know, and yeah. everything. That was the original. I did love the AJ Styles Bullet Club too. But ever that, since- that was my favorite. That was my favorite version of, of Bullet Club because I feel yeah. like that was the strongest Bullet Club has ever been. Because you had AJ Styles as world champion. You had yeah. the Good Brothers as the heavyweight tag champ. You had the Young Bucks yeah. as a lightweight tag champ. You had Kenny Omega in the junior division. Um, as a unit, I feel like they were the strongest during that era. I think that was 2014, 2015, and the beginning of 2016. And then that's when Kenny Omega, uh, you know, they took over or whatever. And it's interesting that you say that because I feel like when when – Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega took over, right? They they made their subgroup called the Elite, right? Right. They were more, they repped more Bullet Club in Ring of Honor during that era than they did in New Japan. Because then Adam Cole was Bullet Club, and you had Adam Page that was Bullet Club, and then Cody Rhodes became there, and then Marty. There was too many people coming right. into the group that was kind of just like... It was convoluted. Yeah, it was, you know, like I said, like, and they were kind of like, they weren't like a badass bullet club, you know, they were kind of just like, not a goofy type of bullet club, but I don't know, like, it was just hard to really, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't like that, like, badass, like, like that edgy, that edgy group that against the, yeah, right, right, it's hard to explain, because I don't want to say they were bad, but like, you know, I mean, they were very popular. I love them, but it, to me, it wasn't like what Bullet Club should represent. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it's it's tough. It's a tough call. But um, 
you know, like you said, it's spread all across the business, man. Like between all these guys, like Finn Balor and being the NXT champion, and um, Adam Cole. Know. Did you see the the little quick interaction? Finn yes, Balor, on Twitter. Yes, uh, yeah, Finn with Balor the Bullet Club shirt. So Finn Balor tweeted out um, a couple of names. He just added a couple of people, both past and present current Bullet Club members, and he didn't tag Adam Cole. And then Adam Cole responded with a picture of him when he was in Bullet Club. <laughs> in the Bullet Club so, shirt. I just I even love the fact that even WWE contracted talent are somehow getting involved oh. in this whole Bullet Club talk. Finn Balor's Bullet Club for life, man. He was there when it was born. He it will he that will always, man, just hold hold a special place in his heart. And he's he's the one of those guys who's like you know not in just the WWE bubble, man. Like he's keeping up with his friends, like Tama Tonga and and all of them. Like he knows what the hell's going on, man. And I'm right. sure he's enjoying it too. And uh, yeah, well, you know, going back to what you were saying before about how uh, you're curious to see how this partnership um, works, you know, going going forward between the two companies. I did listen to the one of the most recent episodes of the Wrestling Observer with with Meltzer and um, Alvarez, and he said that was when he said that they have a full partnership. Well, you know, full, but they have a partnership together. And he said you're not going to see a lot of movement though right now because of the current state of the world, because of the pandemic. You can't see guys going back and forth. He said once. Everything is back to normal, which let's be honest, man. Let's, let's, this is realistic. This is real life. Who knows when that's going to be? You know, I'd like mm-hmm. to think we're getting there. But man, as far as things going back to normal, where people can go back and forth, don't have to quarantine this and that. I mean, you know, who knows when that's going to be? But he was he was saying things like, you know, if they want to do Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, which I'm sure those two guys would be down to do that match. It can happen in the Tokyo Dome. It can happen at Madison Square Garden. He said that's how this partnership is now. And oh man, dude, I got chills when I was listening to that. Even though I know it's not going to happen anytime soon, could you imagine those two having that match at Madison Square Garden as the main event? They'll sell out instantly. Sell oh out my instantly. god, dude! Oh my god, man! That would be even even Okada and Omega bringing that onto American soil. I think that's a match you need to have on American soil in Madison Square Garden or. Um, you know, I don't know, like a Staples Center, like like a big time arena in the United States, because, you know, for fans who have seen that match in Japan or fans who have just heard about how good that match is, I think, you know, we need to get that here because we got um, after all these years, we got a Okada Tanahashi match on American soil when they G1 came to Dallas. Right. And we got that match. I think that's a match that they need to do here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, dude, as far as like this partnership goes, the possibilities are freaking endless. And like I said, it's not going to happen anytime soon. And that's okay. As long as it happens eventually, sign me the hell up. Like, you, know what match, you know what match? <laughs> and this is more like on, on a comedic route, but I feel like it could work. Cause, and especially in a Madison Square Garden, I feel like they will lose their minds. Arch Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki at oh, the Garden. Yeah. Well, that match was booked to happen at Joey Janela's spring, spring Break. Yeah, yeah. And I, w- I had tickets to it. Me too. That was for t- I was going to go. Yes, I yeah. Go. I was freaking – I was like – when that match was announced, I was like, this is weird. But I was like, this is a match I never thought I needed until right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be a ton of fun. I thought you were going to say um, Toru Yano versus Orange Cassidy. But, no, nah, Suzuki uh, Cassidy. Suzuki and Cassidy. Whew, man. So give it, it to me. And, give it to me. And the worst part is that a lot of people forget how wrestling is sold, right? So we were talking about before how they the WWE has to go ahead and and promote a match before tickets go on sale. I think this whole pandemic actually hit a good reset button on the WWE because right now 
you're not going to have WrestleMania sell out like it did before back in, in August of the year before. So right now, you have to find something to get these people to move. Now, with this connection between AEW and New Japan, the second that they talk about any match, it could be next year, people are going to start buying tickets. People are going to start squaring up their, their, their holiday or for them to fly out to wherever these matches will happen. Why? Because, again, it goes back to how you sell the pay-per-view, how... The whole thing of a promo is for you to sell the match, right? I think WWE totally forgot about that for WrestleMania. Totally forgot about that for any of their pay-per-views. Why? Because they sell them, what, a year before? So with this, with everything that's going now, especially going forward, especially after this whole uh, pandemic thing and everybody gets their shots or whatever they're going to do, right? You're still going to have to go back to the old way of selling the show where the show itself is not going to sell itself. Because you're going to have people that are going to be on the fence. So, I like it. Dali. Uh, especially now in the times that we live, um, people are just waiting to get out. So, while pre-pandemic, I agree with what you're saying, Leo. But now, mm. people, like, listen, like I said, two turds could be in the middle of the ring in fucking uh, Raymond James Stadium. And people are going to fucking want to go to that because they just want to yeah. get the fuck out of the house. Especially wrestling fans. You know how weird fucking wrestling fans are? They, yeah. they, they'll go anywhere i mean anywhere um to go somewhere but man the, the 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 possibilities for an aw new japan show card whether it's at the tokyo dome master square garden um just a couple of matches here and there the, the the possibilities are just endless now I, i'm just i want it me like i said i'm not shitting on this idea because i want this to happen i've been wanting this to happen for god knows how long but i really being realistic here, I'm waiting to see what happens after this Kenta and Moxley match. That's just me. Just yeah. that's just my gut feeling. Um, like I said, like I don't think anything's gonna happen anytime soon. Like right, 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 because you know, um, although you know, I I don't because I don't really watch the show uh, New Japan Strong, but I know they've had some like I know Jay White was there. Um, you know, he did wrestle yeah, they on that have. show. So like, it, it's not like these guys in Japan are like uh you know they they don't come back to the states ever you know like like jeff cobb's coming back he's doing blood sport next weekend you know mm -hmm. um so like these guys do come back like jay white is in the states sometimes like he's not just he doesn't live in japan yeah. all the time so like you could see them appearing on dynamite it's the problem of them going to japan and and you know i just don't see i mean you know kenny omega did go to mexico though recently so I don't know. I mean, it, it could happen here and there, but I think like a full blown. Yeah, exactly. It, it also <laughs> depends on like, it also depends on like the town that comes back. Like obviously Kenta, he lives out here. So it makes perfect right. sense for him to appear on AEW. Um, it also depends like what talent is out here. You know what I'm saying? That actually live out here. And also right. you got to keep in mind how many bookings they're doing in Japan. Cause the whole quarantine thing is like a different animal over there. Like, Going to and Japan, I think you got the quarantine for like a week or two before actually even competing. So it, right, it, it's it, ridiculous for somebody it, like like John Moxley, for example, who mm -hmm. Renee Young is is pregnant. Like he can't afford to do that, you know. Right. And like the Young Bucks aren't going to do that. They're over that. Um, you know, it's just right now. I don't know what they could really do. But hey, you know what? As long as we got it and it's coming, yes, then I'm happy because. I mean, AEW and New Japan, those are my top two, man. Like, this is those are my top two companies that, like, I've wanted to work together. The Impact thing, I still don't even understand what partnership that is right there. Uh, I don't hate it, but I'm not really a huge Impact guy. I don't really understand that partnership. I think it's cool, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong, but New Japan was the 
company. And that was the company from the beginning, like we said before, that yeah. they wanted to work with and it didn't work out. And I knew it was only a matter of time before they did work together. Um, and like I said, now that we're getting it, it's, it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, man. The possibilities are endless. I'm looking forward to it. And it, it's just a, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's, even, even during a pandemic, we are still getting shocked. Um, and, and all in not just AEW and New Japan, like we praise WWE, their Royal Rumble pay per view this past yeah. weekend. What's fucking amazing? I was just gonna say, like, AEW is making headlines and they they just making wrestling fun and just like yeah. interesting right now. But like, yeah, I mean, it's WrestleMania season and the WWE just had a killer pay per view, and um, I'm sure it's gonna be a fun road to WrestleMania. So, like, this is a great, I'm telling you, man, like, just wrestling is just awesome. And if you don't like it and you're not a fan, I feel bad for you, man. I really do. Like, I say that, <laughs> I say that all the time. It's like, you know. It's easy to be looked down upon, but dude, it's just like it's the best, man. You're missing out if you're not a fan. Exactly. Well, you know what? Wrestling fans don't also they they don't help themselves either. They kind of give themselves right. A talk yeah, we get a bad rep because of yeah, we we get a bad yeah. rep. Like we do. Like I don't just talk to anyone. I talk to you because you're my homie, and I, we can actually have a conversation not just about wrestling, but just about anything in general, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. There's right. some people that that just they just they don't know how know. to act. You know, we we take showers and we use deodorant too, so that's uh that's a plus as well. So, and with and with that, there's no better way to end this episode <laughs> with that. Ryan, dude, thank you so much for doing oh, the episode, man. man. I know you had a rough week, but I appreciate you doing the episode and also sharing some personal stuff with us in the beginning of the episode. Um, you know, give your plugs. What do you want to talk about? You know, to wrap up, uh, say whatever you got to say, man. Yeah, man. Uh, th thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, yeah, after the rough couple of days, it's always good to come on here and talk talk about wrestling, especially uh, after everything that went down this week. So I always enjoy being on here and appreciate you guys having me as always. Uh, at Royal Ramble Wrestling on Instagram. Shout out to my boy Brian Sendek. Just does a tremendous job. If you're missing a week of wrestling or a show or something like that, you know, just like the Lucha Outsiders page, always on top of every single bit of news, posting things. Uh, a lot of people engage on there. So go give that a follow as well as uh, the Wrestle Radar, and on uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, even though, like I said, we're not very too active on Twitter. Uh, Wrestling Radar on YouTube. If we do end up going to Tampa, like I teased uh, for WrestleMania, we'll definitely no be COVID, doing bro. some vlogs. No COVID, no COVID. Yeah, I'll take you through my experience of, go, of traveling during this COVID crazy time right now. Uh, so, you know, definitely subscribe on there, uh, at Ryan underscore Moderano on Instagram and Twitter for myself, my personal Twitter. Yeah, man. That's about it. You're going to see Ryan and Tampa in a bubble suit. Going You're going to see in a hazmat suit. Yeah, man. <laughs> if I'm not wearing 10 masks on my head, I'll be in that full-blown hazmat suit head, headed to Mania with my uh, with my Edge shirt underneath. Now <laughs> or my head of the table shirt. <laughs> Leo, Leo, uh, give me your plugs in. Uh, no, just LosRadio.com. You guys can go there and check out all the content that we do that we're growing in-house. Uh, you could download the app where you can get all this stuff here too. Uh, by the way, you could just put the sticker on your hazmat suit that says head of the table. So that, that'll be good. Good idea. Uh, you, and man. you guys should go back and watch Bubble Boy. It makes so much sense now. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 all right uh you can follow me at radio Arsenal 87 make sure you follow us at lucha outsiders everywhere instagram facebook and twitter even though we don't do shit with twitter that wasn't our job it was that, someone else's but who, it is what it is who, also who? um before we wrap up um we will be remiss we also want to say a rest in peace to butch reed mm -hmm. and also a rest in peace to dustin diamond screech from saved by the bell and that is it yeah. Damn. So, so, Leo, really, with that, 
So no, so nothing's yeah. happening today, right? Nothing's happening today at all. Oh, the Super Bowl, bro! <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, second, Ryan, who you got? This, the second best Sunday of the year outside of WrestleMania Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Well, well, don't okay, forget, third. last two years is too big for just one oh, night yeah. for WrestleMania. Right, right. So. My fault. <laughs> um, so Ryan, who you got for the Super Bowl, bro? Um, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh, man, I would not be shocked if Tom Brady, the goat. Wins number seven, so uh, I'm expecting a really good high-scoring game, though. So. Um, me, I have no dog in the fight. I neither, will yeah. be cool with either team winning. Um, uh, you know, I have no issues with you know uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and also uh, Tom Brady still fucking playing the level yeah, with a completely different team. Like I said, I really have no dog in the fight, but I have a really funny gut feeling that Tom Brady's gonna retire with another chip. Mm-hmm. I just have that's my gut feeling. That's mm-hmm. my gut feeling. So my so my pick for the football game, I think Liverpool's gonna. Oh no, wait, wrong football, right? <laughs> wrong football. No, uh, Tom Brady's gonna win in the Buccaneers, man. He's gonna win that championship again. He has to be considered the goat, and uh, a lot of people don't give it that much credit. So again, because we're from New York too, so you gotta hate that New York uh, New England rivalry. I right, give him the right. credit though. Gotta respect. Are you, are you guys excited for the halftime show? <laughs> oh yeah, I Woo! am because I am a huge weekend fan. Oh, get so out. I think I like- he's gonna kill it. Get out. I th- yeah, you know, they're good music. He's got good music. Hey, I mean, the whole thing with the face. Go! <laughs> All right. For Ryan Radar. Yeah. For the old man Leo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Radar. Stay too sweet. <laughs>